Hello and welcome to episode number 40 of the What We've Watched podcast. My name is Chris. This is Emmett. This week we're doing our top five movies from 1940s. Part of a kind of a new uh, thing we're going to be doing on the uh, appropriate episode uh, numbers, 40, 50, 60. We are going to try and do uh, top... We normally do a top five on those episodes anyway. Uh, but we're going to do a, a top five of that decade. Uh, or try our best. Some decades may be more difficult than others due to the number of films we like from a decade. But uh, this is our first one, and, and uh, we're starting off with the, the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was an idea you had been yeah. rolling well, around. I, and, wanted, I always wanted to do it, but yeah. it was just a question of when was the right time to start yeah. it. Yeah. I, I had sort of considered like something along these lines, and I, but putting it to like the episode... I'm always looking for new ways to like theme things oh yeah so for sure there's some logical like connection yeah yeah like yeah. why why this goes with this yeah you know uh like when we did like episode seven we did a bond film because it's like exactly zero zero seven you know and we, we only have uh rob as a guest star on episodes that are prime numbers that's not true <laughs> I'm sure that's not true at all, <laughs> sure that's not true at all. <laughs> We did have him on episode Plus, three. Plus, what would the connection be anyway? Uh, we did have him on episode three, which is a prime number. But, um, uh, get him on every third episode. Um, but yeah, no, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what we're going to be covering this week. Um, initially, uh, I was like, oh no, the 1940s. I don't know what I've seen in the 1940s. And... You just- yeah. Then yeah. I flip flopped and I was like, "Oh wait, I watched lots of black and white movies. Yeah. Uh, most of those have got to be from the '40s. Turns out most of them were from the '50s." And then I did some investigation and it turned out, okay, there are quite a few films from the '40s that actually I thought were later films mm-hmm. that were from the '40s. Like a lot of the ones I thought I was like, "Oh, these these definitely '50s films." Oh, not only '40s, early '40s films. Right. Um, and so I was like, oh, turns out I have no ability to judge when a movie comes out at all. Um, wow. It can be difficult when comparing, say, early 50s, especially, like, early 50s, mm. to, like, 40s. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of similarity. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely, you get to that, because, like, definitely around, like, the late 40s, early 50s is, like, the rise of, like, the color in films. Yeah. But... Even but into you, the mid '50s, you still get a lot of right. black and white stuff. Yeah, it you know? was just, yeah, you did, you did. Yeah. Um. What? Um. I guess sort of before we get into this, what kind of uh, like relationship with '40s films do you have? Um. You know, without giving away anything in your list. Not. Like, yeah. No. Um. Definitely. I mean, uh, there's, there's. A, I like them, but I don't. It's not a um, era that I'm super familiar with. Um, I t- pretty much for me, it's it's like um, 
when I was growing up and getting really big into movies, obviously is like the eighties. So that was sort of the stuff that I got into first. Um, and then, you know, seventies, a fair amount of stuff because there's a lot of sort of classic stuff in the seventies. And there's always that sort of fine line between like the sort of the decade that you're in and the one just before where it's that thing like, like, Late in one decade is very similar to early in the next. Yeah. There's yeah. always that transitionary thing where mm-hmm. you don't get full on into the next decade. Until, a lot of, a lot until of early kind of, 90s movies about, feel like halfway, 80s movies. Yeah, yeah, it's like it takes about halfway through the decade before you really kind of kicks into mm-hmm. that next kind of that next uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Feeling, you know, feel. Um, so, you know, when people often say like, oh, that feels very blank, whatever the decade yeah, yeah. is. Usually they're referring to something from like the second half of that decade, yeah. because the first half is often, that decade's matured. Is often yeah. kind of uh, you know transitioning from mm-hmm. the the end of the previous decade. That's yeah. um, so, why also you can do a lot of that, like oh that movie's from that decade. And it turns out like no, it was like three years into yeah. the next. So one, like, when and, I was yeah. a kid, obviously I saw a lot of eighties movies because they were they, oh, yeah. they were oh, new. Oh, oh, yeah. um, and then you know like a lot of early eighties movies, sort of in retrospect, because you know I was I was just getting old enough. To, to start sort of picking my own movies. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, um, as I sort of got a little bit older and was was really able to sort of go after, like, like oh, that, that sounds interesting. I'll check that out. Obviously, you kind of start, you go back a little bit at a time kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I, you know, I saw some 70s stuff and that, and then eventually some 60s stuff and so on and so forth. Um, so I guess in a way, I kind of went sort of backward I worked my way backwards oh, yeah, yeah. from kind of where I started mm-hmm. um, so so I mean well, sort of, I, that's probably the most like oh I like these movies from the 60s I wonder if there's anything yeah. from the 50s so, I like. yeah. so then you know getting into the 50s it was things like you know without giving any without giving away too much of what what like might be contained yeah, yeah. potential uh, 50s list but I mean, in the '50s, it was the sort of the rise of like a lot of like um, science fiction ah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, which then sort of went on to influence the stuff that was from that I, you know, that was out like or when we were kids or just before and stuff. Um, so as I got older and sort of was cognizant of like, oh, let's check out some of these influences on the things that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, stuff from, like, the late 50s and things like that, where it was like, oh, these are, like, sort of the the dawn of, like, this type of, these types of movies, you know. Uh, the early sort of alien invasion kind of stuff. The early sort of, you know, uh, things like that. Um, so, you know, I'd start to check out that kind of stuff. Um, whereas, like, the 40s is kind of its own thing, because in the 40s it was a lot of, like, film noir kind of stuff. Um, comedies, which I'm still not too familiar with, um, 40s comedy, really. Uh Um, Well, musicals still. And musicals, which, again, I I like musicals, but I've never been one to delve too deeply into it. And I think most of my, most of the musicals that I really like are usually a bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, Either, like, the more kind of modern ones where they're sort of the slightly more kind of revisionist oh, yeah. musicals yeah. where they, you know, a lot of sort of macabre kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I like a lot of the darker kind of things, you know, Sweeney Todd, things like that. Right. Um, or I like, like a lot of like the fifties ones mm-hmm. where, you know, they were, um, 
not so much musicals in the conventional sense, but they were, you know, they just had those those um, those all rounder stars who were like actors, singing dancers, yeah. and they would have musical numbers in the movies, but they weren't necessarily your conventional just kind of like let's put on a show musicals. They were more just kind of the songs were part of the storyline. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So also, I mean, the forties have a very, because of the war, World mm-hmm. War Two. there's like early forties and late forties films. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a very, like you were talking about how like, Oh, a decade, like the de- early decade feels yeah. like one kind of thing. And late decade feels like another, like, very evident in the yeah. 40s. Yeah, it's really different because uh, it was like a pretty major thing kind of uh-huh. snapped at. Yeah. Like uh, right in the middle of, there. Lots of big like big actors just suddenly didn't weren't around to produce films anymore. Yeah. Certain kinds of films just weren't getting made during a certain period of the 40s. Yeah. Uh, a very... Yeah, it's just sort of a unique time and it's just something that I've ne- I never really delved too deeply mm-hmm. into. So when I encountered 40s movies, it was more... Um, indirectly, where it would be like, oh, such and such movie is, is, you know, considered like all time classic. So it's like you got to check that out. Um, and it's not so much about the fact that being from the forties, it's just that it's considered a big classic. So check it out. It just happens to be from the forties. Um, or in some cases, it would be going backward from say a filmmaker's particular, like a director's filmography. Where it's like, oh, I liked a bunch of stuff that this director did in like the fifties, and then it's like, oh, they they made movies in the forties too. Well, let's see what they did, you know, things like that. Right. Um, so a lot of it was sort of indirect. Um, I've never kind of really delved into like the forties uh, for their own sake, I suppose. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with me, it was definitely a case of um, just growing up. My parents watched a lot of older movies from the the 50s primarily yeah um and just sort of inadvertently you know like oh i like that actor i like that actor right you know uh i just what else have they done right and that sort of just led into watching yeah, yeah well similar uh, kind some, of thing some 40 yeah. movies similar um, sort of thing yeah. you know it's it, when you try to like watch a sort of a, a a library of an actor and he turns out oh he started in the 40s and so you just right. inadvertently yeah. go well, back that's sort of what you, i was saying yeah, about yeah. like you know filmmakers and yeah. stuff yeah um, yeah, and again, applies yeah. equally to, same, same to with, actors same for film, sure. Filmmakers, yeah, uh, definitely. It's um, uh, the like the forties and fifties for me are, are uh, decades where I'm much more familiar. Like by circumstance, I'm familiar with like the directors and the producers uh, of that era and the, the writers uh, because they often worked with the same actors, right. which yep. are who I was actually right, following. Right. No, that makes sense. Versus like now, I'm much more familiar with like oh that director. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I just oh, like I. Oh, well, it's you, more. It's although more, we we do have kind of a resurgence to that certain, like especially in the last yeah. like ten, fifteen years of like it's a Tarantino movie, so it's going to have actor X, Y, and Z. Well, in yeah, it, you and, know, and it's also, a Josh Whedon movie, it's going to have actor X, Y, and Z. You know, right? Well, and also it's just it's easier to follow that stuff now because of the amount of information that's at our also fingertips. True. Yeah, when it's, we were younger, it's it was like a it's a lot easier to just be like see a bit of a trailer and be like. Oh, who, who's, uh, you know, who, this looks interesting, not so much because of who's in it, but mm-hmm. just the movie itself looks yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, the person who did this, what have they done before this? Yeah. Uh, and then you can just look it up. It takes seconds to find um, out information whereas now. sort of back in the day, it would be like, you wouldn't necessarily know, like yeah. only very certain filmmakers, very, very few, mm-hmm. uh, like directors and writers and things like that 
were their names like ever really known by the public yeah. because it's only the ones that that really like like it, it's only when they would sort of mention them in the trailer or something right right like from the blah 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 who who brought you you know um which i mean they still did that sometimes when we were kids right like you know from the makers of blah, blah, oh yeah, blah, yeah, you know? yeah yeah and um and now rather than sort of i mean they still do the from the Oh yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah, producers yeah, yeah. of or whatever. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now, especially big directors, they've started names using now. the names more because the their, the name yeah. recognition has gotten better because of the fact that people can just look, look up that who that out. is yeah, yeah. instantaneously, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You can throw you Michael, don't have to explain. You can throw Michael Bay on the front of something, and yeah. everybody knows what to expect. Because well, they know, they know what, what to expect, but they also yeah. if they don't know the name, mm-hmm. they can instantaneously look yeah. it up and yeah. be like, "What have they done?" You know, it's definitely I and I. I don't know if this is just a more recent thing, uh, but like in compare, like it also it compares to like the '40s and, and into the '50s too. Is um, a, like a director's like like personal stamp on stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, you really can see like, oh, this is like you can, you can watch a movie, not know right. and make a very close guess is yeah. that oh that's so and so with certain because ones, it, for yeah, sure yeah you know. with certain ones for the, sure. there's a there's a director style that that. Um, was strong and is it seems to be very strong now that I think maybe went away a little bit in the eighties and nineties. Um, kind of because you know, it was more about. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. In the I sense, mean, there were certain there were certain big names. Yeah, but I, I kind always, of agree because in the in the way that it was more about. Um, I feel I'm not surprised by that. It anymore. was more about the the the. The movies themselves. Yeah, it was yeah. more about like, oh, this is that kind of kind movie. Of movie. That's it was more Sean popular than, right now. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't really matter so much who yeah. was making it because they were yeah. all kind of roughly yeah. the same. You yeah, know? I can definitely I can go back and watch like some eighties and nineties movies and go like, oh, and go, oh, I bet it's yeah. this guy. Like and talked, it's not. We talked about you know, and like, then but but nowadays you can just be all the Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, and same when you go back to the forties and fifties, you can go, oh, this is that because you, first off. Every kind of movie that came out of that style was that guy for like fifteen years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Certain names were just Frank glo- Capra, exactly. Or, yeah, 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 exactly. They were just global names Howard on stuff Hawks. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 yeah. Just can't pull a name off the top of my head right now, but yeah, certain ones are just yep, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so uh, I guess getting into it, mm. uh, starting with number five. Do you want to go or feel, how, how strong do you feel about your number one? I th- well, I think. Is it, is my turn I think to go it's first? my turn. To oh, go it's your first, turn first? Isn't okay. it? Uh, who went first in the first episode? That's always the the. I'm pretty sure it was you. So yeah. I'm pretty sure on the zeros, the zeros it's me, and you. on the fives oh, okay. it's you. I'm pretty okay. sure. I mean, I don't, I don't mind switching to, switching. To well, up. if we get it wrong, yeah. then then that's great. That's we, fine. We, we've switched uh, it up. Crossover. Mm-hmm. How many? How many do you think? I'm guessing one. One. I'm guessing just. one. I think probably one for sure. One for sure. Yeah. Because I think I probably already know what it's going to be. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah. Um, possibly just the one. Actually, possibly just the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think you'll probably have some things that like would be like honorable mentions for uh, me. Right. Things that like I would have liked to have been on on my list, but mm-hmm. I limited myself to just yeah. the basic five. Um. I had to do some mostly because I wanted a good variety, and yeah. I didn't want I, too I, much of one. I did some. Sort of I did a lot of switching up to put some good variety on mine. So I did some. Rec- I, I have a feeling that pretty much all your choices will be things that I would totally support and be like, right. yes, okay. those totally yep. deserve to be on the list. It's just 
my list is a little different different. because it's more of a personal list right i uh some of these movies i definitely haven't seen in uh, some time and i had to do like some quick rewatches over the last week Mm -hmm. to to like how how, i remember liking this movie how much did i like this movie and like in comparison to like another one that i was really familiar with like Am I ranking that more higher just because I'm more familiar with it? Or did I actually like it better? Kind the of only thing? one that um, I watched mm-hmm. for this was the one that is my five, actually. Uh, okay. All right. Because I had never actually seen it before. Oh, okay. And I had a feeling, and I was because I, I was struggling badly to come oh, yeah. up with a five. And I had a feeling like this was a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched it, and I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I watched it, I was just like, Yes. Done. Done. Nice. Done. Nice. Very, very happy. Um, other than that, the rest of them are all ones that have been longtime favorites that I haven't necessarily watched in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't rewatch them. I more kind of just I looked up a few details and just confirmed some things in my brain as to like, like okay, I'm I'm remembering this correctly. I'm I'm thinking of this correctly. I'm getting my information's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did a little bit of that, but I didn't actually rewatch. Gotcha. So, all right. Um, so. All right. So, hit me with your number five. All right. So, my number five, um, like I said, uh, I just watched it. So, I guess it, it we'll say this is what's... Cause your I most was, recent I favorite. always like to do some kind of, like, intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, I'd say with this one, it's the latest uh, pick on uh, my okay. list. Okay, okay. And it's also the latest that I saw because I, I just saw it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, from 1949, Mighty Joe Young. Ah, the original Mighty Joe Young. So I've never. Seen I this. told the story the lo- when we did our recap right. episode. I told the story about getting the King Kong box set. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we talked Kong, about that. Yeah, Kong, that's right. Yeah, had Kong, Son of Kong, and and Mighty Joe Young, and I had never seen Son of Kong, Mighty Joe Young. I watched Son of Kong, uh, you know, um, about a month ago. Yeah, we, and, we, we talked uh, about we, th- there's yeah, some, we, the interesting stuff. Behind we talked that about movie. it. Yeah, how yeah. it was just like it was rushed out. Yeah. Uh, just you know, mere months after the original film, and mm-hmm. it's this really weird kind of like, you know, um, has a lot of like com- comedy and just like really, weird. you know, I mean, I, I talked about it essentially. Refer back to that that yeah, recap yeah, yeah. episode. That'd be the, uh, so, the, the February recap episode. It yeah. was no, it was the one we just did. It was the March one because I had forgotten to mention it about in February. Oh, did we just talk about it? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to tell the whole story again. But so basically. <laughs> And then, so then the other one was my Joe Young I hadn't seen yet. And uh, I, I always kind of just assume, like, oh, it's probably a similar kind of thing. Like, it's just, like, oh, years later, they wanted to make another Kong-type movie. Yeah. Um, but, of course, it can't live up to the original stuff like that. So I watched it. Well, because uh, what convinced me that, like, oh, wait, maybe I was wrong, is uh, it actually is like, extremely highly rated. Oh, really? Like, it has okay. really good reviews and is considered a classic in its own right. Um, I'm not a big, like, Rotten Tomatoes guy, but just as a point of mm-hmm. comparison, I think it's, like, 95% or something. Oh, wow. Right? So I was just like, okay, I'll try. I'll give it a try. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I watched it, and, yeah, it's amazing. I think over time, um, just the fact that it's new to me, and because it's, like, obviously there's that comparative thing of, like, you know, King Kong's always been there as, like, this great classic. And right. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, so by way of comparison, you know, it makes it a difficult situation. Um, but I think that over time, when it sort of lives with me a little longer, 
I think I'll end up liking my Zhiyang like even more wow. than I do now. Not more than Kong. Oh yeah. But like but but like you could, you like it now you only like, like it more. It's on a 5 now because I just saw it, but like it could be higher on this list given some time to live with it cuz right. it was really friggin' good. Um so basically the thing about it is uh the big difference between it and Son of Kong, the the, the sequel to King Kong is um where Son of Kong was just rushed out because of the they success were to of the original movie. On, yeah, yeah they were just Kong like, there. oh, they just rushed. this was definitely not rushed as it is 16 years later that they made it. But it's again, it's all the same original creative team. Um, and uh, by this point, uh, like I say, because it's 16 years later, um, uh, Willis O'Brien, who uh, did the effects in, uh-huh. in King Kong, um, he's kind of moved into more of a supervisory kind of role on this one, and most of the actual um, physical uh, work uh, with the, the stop-motion animation stuff like that was actually done by a, run, a young Ray Harryhausen, who is ah, now, who is like now known right. That's right. as like sort of the iconic stop-motion oh. guy. Uh, Jason and the Argonauts. This, yeah, like all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, Seventh Point is just him bad. Like, yeah, seventh Point all that great that. stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, plus like the, the, like the alien stuff that he did in the 50s. Man, I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, they're great. There's great stuff. You know, the original Clash of the Titans, right? Which was kind also of, also kind of like that was yeah. sort of his crowning thing. That was mm-hmm. his. He kind of retired after that. Um, so so he sort of became like the icon of stop motion animation. But this is like his first work, basically, or his first professional work, yeah. anyway. And I mean, um, under the tutelage of somebody who was already like, like a master, master of, yeah. of his craft. Yeah, and yeah. and and so I'd always heard that. You know, Major Young's effects were actually even more sort of advanced than than Kong because they'd kind of had time to further well, that. Well, sixteen years, you got and to... uh, and yeah, it's awesome because I mean, nothing can ever take away from how amazing uh, the effects in, in Kong were when you think about that movie's from nineteen thirty three. But uh, yeah, like in 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 Major Young, like it, it's so much more like there's more subtlety to the character, but there's also. Um, just it's just smoother it's the integration with the environments is better um there's like one only sort of one scene that doesn't really look too good but it was one of those things where it was something that was maybe a little overly ambitious it was like there's just no way to really pull it off uh there's a scene where uh because basically he he's um uh put on like uh unlike with kong where he's just kind of put on display like like he's just there in mm-hmm. front of people and that's enough uh, with my Joe Young, they sort of like they he kind of they make him sort of perform um, because what it is is it's basically about if for those who haven't seen it, um, it's this young girl uh, who lives in Africa uh, with her father, and um, she basically uh, she's very sort of precocious, and she ends up buying uh, a this baby gorilla uh, from these these africans that they're coming through by by her her, her family's ranch and uh, while her father's out and she she trades like all this like you know spare money that she has and her toys and stuff and then she 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 tosses in because the 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 guys that have the girl are like you know oh, that's not enough or whatever so she taught they, the thing they want is her dad's like fancy like big um flashlight you know those like, oh, oh those big like industrial oh, yeah. like fancy flashlights yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's what they want so she throws that in there her dad gets home from from his day of work and he's like you know where, where did this baby gorilla come from and this you know where's my flashlight, flashlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you know 
And so, um, where did this elephant come from? Yeah. Where's my car? And then, and then <laughs> you know, cut to like I think it's like twelve years. Twelve years pass, and now, um, yeah, like basically, um, she's grown up. Um, gorilla's grown up, and the gorilla's grown up, and is now you know huge. Like I mean, he's not Kong big, but he's like I think he's supposed to be about he's like magic ten to big. twelve feet. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, tall. Like he's you know about tw- about half as big as Kong. Um, as with Kong in the original, though, um, there are the scaling does change in different scenes oh, yeah, to suit, like, yeah. some scenes he needs to look a bit bigger and some scenes smaller. Um, but anyways, that's the basic that, concept. I always found that an interesting thing. Like, during production, they're like, we're going to make him look bigger in this scene, and nobody said, well, is well, usually it's because the that's going to look weird? Well, it's usually because the, in this case, like, uh, apparently it was like um, the producers or something just said that, like, because certain scenes, they were just like, oh, we need to be more impressive. Yeah, and so like they just make them. And it's like, well, it doesn't quite fit in scale. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not as extreme with Kong, which I think the scaling on Kong was really kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sort of works, because it's not really. Mm-hmm. But but anyways, so with so what happens is um, there's this guy um, who is like a, um, he's like a sort of like a promoter, oh, I okay. guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he needs like a big act for this like nightclub that he's opening. And he goes to, like, Africa to, like, you know, look at things. And they they basically stumble upon J- Joe. And they convince uh, um, Jill, who's, like, the, the yeah. girl. They, they sort of convince her to come with them and and be part of this show with, with Joe. And so the part that I'm referring to that's, like, the one part that kind of doesn't really look very good is um, they have, at one point in the show, they, they have him. Um, and this is kind of where everything starts to go wrong. Um, they have him dressed. Plot wise, they have him dressed as like 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 this like like a giant like organ dragon or monkey. Kind oh of. gosh! And and Jill, they make Jill like dress up and like like play a little like like do 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 music box thing. Roll reversal. Um, and and um, and then they have these giant like coins, which I think they're supposed to be like maybe plastic or like a light metal or something. I don't know, but like they're like these big sort of pl- like plate like dinner plate size oh, coins, yeah. uh, or maybe bigger actually, even bigger than their dinner plates. Uh, that they give out to like the the people, the audience, uh-huh. um, and they're supposed to be like, oh, like toss the coins it's, like, right to, to to the to the to the monkey, right? Yeah, but they're like huge, and they're all like throwing them at him and stuff, and they're like flying oh, yeah. over and just like whacking into him, and he's like he's getting annoyed, and and uh, that's the one part that doesn't look good because I think what it looks like is that when people throw the giant coins, the sh- the, the shots where they show them. The giant coins kind of flying across the screen and hitting Joe. I think the coins are like are like animated, like literally animated. Oh wow! Like not not even stop motion. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure they're like cartoons, like cell animation. Yeah, they look like it. Wow! It looks kind of bad. That's the only part that sort of looks bad. But I mean, when you think about it, when you contextualize it to the time and stuff like that, for the most part, the effects are freaking amazing. Definitely taken to another level. Of is he always stop motion or is, is yeah? The, there's there's no like guy in a suit. No, 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 actually, and even cool. as far as I can notice, like even like in Kong, they had some uh, puppet type stuff yes, where they yeah. did they did like a like a head, uh, like an animatronic, like full uh, life size head. That's yeah, right, they did yeah. like an animatronic, this makes sense, like know. head, and they did like an animatronic, or I mean, I don't know if it's animatronic, whatever the technique was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably some kind of puppetry and, uh, and a hands. hand yeah. that could. Oh right, grasp, yeah, the grabbing to, to hand grab, right. to grab. Uh, which I mean, all that makes sense. We yeah. need to actually have it interact yeah, yeah. with people but, but and be like. As far as yeah. I noticed in in Major Young, I think he was pretty much he was the stop motion puppet cool. the entire time. Wow. 
and they just the That's integration a big stop motion puppet. The integration was a lot better, and uh, yeah, it just um, there's not as much of the sort of constant like action like in in Kong where like where like you know you had all this adventures on Skull Island and right. Kong fighting monsters. Oh and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 there's not as much of that. It's more kind of like it's structured more like a modern movie where you have a few like just a few kind of big action set pieces where like something big happens um and they're like spectacular they're awesome um and the big climactic one is uh they they're trying to escape because basically um after things go wrong and and it's actually kind of funny what happens is uh these 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 there's like these belligerent like like this group of like belligerent like drunk guys Mm -hmm. in the in the nightclub and they sneak down to uh, Joe's the cage under under the, or the uh, under like the um, downstairs like under the nightclub like in mm-hmm. the basement basically they sneak down there um, and they start um, plying him with alcohol oh. and they get him basically like slightly kind of t- drunk because uh, they just keep giving him bottles of alcohol and he just keeps drinking them because they're like super drunk and they're just like a bunch of assholes and they're just being like um, they're just doing mischief it's almost like a gumbo situation and 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 he just freaks out right and he Mm. busts out and then he just like wrecks the entire nightclub because he's just like freaking out um and uh uh that that's an awesome scene and then so because of a result of all that there's this whole like legal part where they they have this kind of like not really a trial but this kind of legal hearing and eventually it's decided that um you know, even though everyone recognizes that it's not really his fault, it's just decided like, well, he's still an animal, and it's like he has to be put down, right? Because he's like too yeah, dangerous or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and Jill, of course, like you know, he's like her best friend in a way. Like she grew up with him, and she just wants them to be able to go back home, like, yeah, to, yeah. to the ranch in Africa. Yeah, yeah. And and so uh, her the her friends like the people involved with with bringing them there and putting on the show and stuff. I mean, they, they feel bad about what happened because they didn't mean for things to happen that way. They yeah. just, you know, just didn't foresee that yeah. this was going to be a problem. So they like help them kind of bust out. Oh, nice. And then they kind of, there's this kind of chase kind of thing where they, they're going to get away. And then while they're going to get away, the big climactic scene of the movie is, um, uh, this, or, uh, like an orphanage mm-hmm. full of kids horribly on fire. Oh gosh. And they basically like rescue orphanage the on fire, not the kids. Uh, the, the orphanage is on fire. Yes, yeah, sorry. The kids are not on fire. Um, I mean, I guess they would be if they didn't yeah. get out. Yeah. But, and, and so they, they rescue all, all the sort of heroes of, of the movie. They rescue the kids, including Joe, like, helps out. And it's this huge, like, action set piece where, like, you see the, the building, like, coming apart. And it's really well done. Like, it looks amazing. And, and all the stuff with Joe and stuff looks so good. And um, the whole sequence is tinted, like, red kind of like a red. Oh, okay. Um, it's black and white movie. Oh, right. Uh, for, you know, yeah. 99% of it. But just this one sequence is like a tinted red and like the flames and stuff like almost kind of look real, like like they're sort of yellowy mm. uh, because like the way they, the, the mix of color they put in. So the, the, the flames look very kind of um, realistic. And then like everything else is kind of just red. Um, and it really makes it stand out uh, because the rest of the movie is black and white. And, it, and it's awesome. And, I think I mentioned to you last night. I there was a, a, one shot where I just like I took like a screenshot. Oh right! And I and I used that as like my desktop background on my computer because nice. it's just awesome. There's just this part where he's just climbed up 
on the side of the building and he's like moving away like moving off of like because he climbs this like big tree that's next to the building and he's kind of moving away from it and like to go over into the building and like save everyone and it's like the most badass shot is awesome i love it so yeah loved it it's great it's it's very there's like humor but without ever being too like ridiculous and silly like like sonic kong sometimes was um but it's just very natural sort of humor like it's just it's it's genuinely like funny it's 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 very feel good like it's always very you know uh, uplifting and and it has a nice ending and and it's it's you know uh great it's just awesome it's awesome yeah. loved it nice loved it no no sounds big good. surprise like I, like I, I thought that i would like it but it was way better than i even anticipated although like i say once i saw that it was actually very highly regarded i was like oh okay i guess it is kind of a classic i just Never happened to, yeah, <laughs> happened to experience it myself before. So now I'm really happy that I did. Cool. And uh, it's, it sucks that it took this long to see it, but yeah. I feel like I'm. Well, it's nice because you've now added like a I classic feel like I'm to at your collection. The, in a, a good place in my life to 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 have experienced it and be able to yeah. really appreciate it. No, that's that's good. Uh, yeah, like I said, you you like can go back and be like, oh, here's this new movie that I will now like probably rewatch. Yeah. Like it oh, is absolutely. Now, uh, I definitely you know, will. I love it. Unfounded classic. That's always good. That's always I loved good. it. It was awesome. Excellent. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. This is the one they did the remake of. right? They did, yeah. yeah. Which I I have not seen the remake yeah, either. Is, uh, I, I believe I've seen the remake. I did watch the Iran, right? Yeah, yeah I watched yeah, the trailer. Sure actually, today I watched I the don't trailer. Think it's very good. I watched the trailer for the remake because I was like just curious, like oh, okay, well, what's how do they approach it? Now that I'm familiar with the original, oh, how do yeah. they sort of approach it? And I watched the trailer and I was like, I don't think it's very. It good. doesn't. I don't believe. Unfortunately, it. It could just be a case of a bad trailer, yeah. but it does not make it look very interesting yeah, at all, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. It looks like they did exactly what they didn't do in the original, which is they put too much, like, juvenile humor yeah, yeah, yeah. into it. Um, which, it is a Disney movie, live-action Disney movie, the, the, the remake. So was it's made probably aimed at a younger audience so I think, yeah, rather than maybe, a more general audience. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's too bad. I mean, Charlie's looked great, of course, as always, but... yeah. But, All right. Well, number five, 1949, Mighty Joe Young. There you go. All right. You're five. Uh, my... Sorry for the long preamble, by, or the long explanation of the movie, no, by no, the way. No, no, no. But it's I very felt, recent I felt like I kind of had to do that because I feel like you you not having seen it, yeah, yeah. and then a lot of other people might not be familiar with it, I felt like it required a little more explanation than some of the sort of obvious classics that like everybody's seen, including both of us, that we don't need to like mm-hmm. describe too much. So, yeah. anyways. Yeah. That, I won't be doing that again. I just yeah. felt that I needed no, to no, that's good. That's get a good. little bit yeah. more detail there. Uh, especially as probably explained yeah. why I liked it so much, basically. All right. Uh, my number five. Uh, I have a five-way tie for number five. <laughs> okay. Uh, these movies span the 40s. Okay. They all have the same three actors in them. Oh. Bing Crosby, Bob Hope, oh. and Dorothy Lamore. Okay. It's the road movies. Right. Well, I think that's fair because... You're basically saying your number five is that series. Is that series, yeah. So it's not, I mean, it's a five-way tie in a sense, yeah. but in a way, I, I can see where I you're mean, coming they're from. Actually, they're actually more than five movies in this. I've only seen five of them. Okay. Yeah. But I can see where you're coming yeah. from because it's like you can't necessarily pick one or the other. It's mm. like they're just kind of all yeah. what they are. Uh, it starts with Road to Singapore in 1940, then Zanzibar, Morocco, Utopia, and Rio in 47. There's actually one that came out in 49 that I have not seen, okay. and then there were two that came out much later that 
Like in the 50s? In the 50s that I also... Uh, oh, well, one I've seen, one I haven't. Okay. Um, there was an attempt to make a final one, uh, but just while they were doing, like, the design uh, stages of it, Bing Crosby passed away. Right. Like, the same year they were going to film it. Yeah. And so... Um, and then in the 80s, um, Eric Idle was going to do a, like, uh, a new road movie, um, uh, but the getting it done was had to because it had been such a long time it had been 30 years and jumping through the hoops to to get it into production and even using the like the right. like the road license and stuff like right. that yeah um, that makes sense was was like impossible so we ended up writing a book uh and it's the i can't remember it's the oh it's the road to mars and it's uh it's in the same style as these only it's hmm. going to but these are um i'm fairly certain that i have not seen any of them they are <laughs> because, um, because, like I say, like because yeah. of my, you know, not having a hugely well versed. Uh, they're they're the an 40s. interesting combination of they are they're straight up comedy, like right. straight off, yeah. uh, with a bit of I mean, it Bing Crosby in them, so obviously a bit, and, and and Dorothy Moore, so a bit of musical. Mm-hmm. There's always at least one, if not two, songs. Actually, probably more than that yeah. in a given in a given um, yeah. episode. Uh, episode, they almost are like episodes. Yeah, yeah they're they're you. quite short. They all fall in the category of. Uh, like like ninety minutes at most kind of category. Yeah. Um, and but they're also uh they're quite satirical of both their time and they sort of um depending on where they take place they're a bit of a, a satire on some kind of a fable from the area. Okay. Um, and uh, they're just they're just like kind of like super light fun mm-hmm. movie like. Uh, and I mean, uh, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, like, are a great pair. They play off each other very well. Bob Hope, very, very dry, uh, uh, you know, often, like, very, like, uh, he, the, the straight joke, uh, versus Bing Crosby, who's much more, uh, the, the enthusiastic, lighthearted, okay. uh, a member of the, of cool. the two. Um, uh, there was a, a bit of slapstick, um... The interesting thing is there's running gags that continue throughout the whole series. So if you just see a random one, it'll just be a gag. Mm-hmm. But if you've seen previous ones, you'll be like, oh, you you can see the gag coming because wow. you That's you cool. know it. You know. Um, That's cool. I like that. Well, a, a large part of these is most of these were written and directed by the same group of people, too. Right. Um, so uh, they uh, huh. that, that stuff carried through. Uh Large portions, and actually, especially a lot of the gags, were uh, ad-libs. Right. Uh, Bing Crosby and, and, and Bob Hope ad-libbed a lot of stuff in these films. Oh, that's cool. And they just... Because, they again, they work so well together, and these films are right in the kind of, this is what these two guys did. Uh, ad-libbing it was not difficult for them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Um, the... Um, there's there's a number of like uh, uh, collections that were released after the fact, uh, like since then. You can just like get these just as like a, a collection yeah. of DVDs or, cool. or um, but um, also a lot of these uh, films were um, sections of them. Uh, some of the just the the scenes were homages to other films of the time as right. well, yeah. uh, often from um, uh, people who these guys worked with. Okay. Uh, uh, for specifically, like there was a number of things uh, that 
Bing Crosby did homages to uh, Danny Kaye movies right. because him and Danny Kaye also did a lot of yep. films together. Yep. Um, but uh, but yeah um, yeah. So those 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 five films I've I've seen them most. I've seen all of them at least once in a number of them multiple times. Um, it has been a while since actually I've seen I've seen any of them. But um, I was it was one of those I, I was introduced to them as a kid. Right. At, even as a kid, I thought they were like younger, you know, 10, 12 I, years old. I, feel I like... thought they were funny. And as I got older, you know, you start to understand the jokes a bit more. Yeah. You know. Um, huh. But I um, see if maybe I can see uh, see some of them because I don't think I ever have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Road to Bali and Road to Hong Kong were the other two, 57 and, and 62. Uh, Road to Hong Kong is the last one on the series, and uh, not good. Uh, just from, like, they're supposed to be in Hong Kong, but it's clearly, like, backlot, because, I mean, these films are yeah. straight up, you know, backlot comedies. Yeah. Uh, all the... People from Hong Kong, all played by white people, just didn't make up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's one of those, like, it's it's a bad, it's a very, like, good, bad example of, right. like, that kind of stuff from that era, which yeah. is unfortunate. Um, but, um... But the but most of the other ones, the, the 40s ones that you're talking about, those are... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right I mean, and they are straight up just, like, uh, like, you can just tell, like, every scene is just, like... Like, it's almost, the, the production quality in some of it is almost, like, stage level. Where it's, like, like they're walking along and, like, singing or talking. And it's clearly just, like, painted drag backdrop. And they're on a stage. And the camera is framed in such a way that you can't see, like, too far beyond the painted backdrop. Like, yeah. no real... Ah, um, 40s. I mean. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. Um... These these films, yeah, I, I I loved watching these films, and yeah, um, it it definitely I've, I've thought about coming back and like re- like remembering these doing this list. I'm like, oh yeah, and I've so I've, I'm like I'm queued up. I'm gonna watch them. I'm definitely gonna watch some of these when I'm like, I need a light comedy, like something yeah. just funny. Hmm, that's you know? cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure I haven't ever seen any of them, and uh, I, I should maybe see if I can. Yeah, um, remedy that. I I definitely probably recommend like the first like three are definitely really great. Uh, okay. Singapore, Zanzibar, and Morocco. I think Morocco is probably my favorite one. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, the road movies. This is my number uh, five. My number five. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. So number four to you. Yeah, my four. Uh, so let's see. Uh, what's my introduction on this one? Um, so the last one was my latest pick. Uh, this one would be the earliest pick. Oh, okay. Um, also the only one in color. Oh, in terms of like movies you've seen? No, no, in terms of uh, when they came out. Yeah, oh, okay. Like okay, the earliest right. in the decade pick. Ah, right, right. Because um, my Jay Young was 49, so that's okay. pretty much as late as you can get. Right, right. Uh, this would be like my earliest pick in, in this list. Uh, it's the only one in color. Okay. All, all of my picks are apart, you know, because I mean, there's like that the tinted scene of my young, but that's not really color. Like it's no. not it's not actual color film. Uh, it's just tinted. Um, this is the only actual color film, uh, and it's animated. Oh. And oh. It, okay. Yep. <laughs> from 1940, Fantasia. Ah, yeah. Um. This this makes my honorable mentions. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it was not a big success when it came out, um, which but it's, I always find very surprising. Considering, well, like, it's not like, really a normal kind of, thing kind of movie. Eaten up back then? 
Well, it's not really a normal kind of movie, right? I, I, I mean, I guess that's true. It's all the music, and then it's it's basically pure art. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. art. It's just the music going with the animation. The the segment, the, it's multiple different segments. The segments tell a story, but it's a very artistic sort of story. It's not like a conventional narrative. Uh, it's all just very artistic uh, um, interpretations. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, this is the kind of thing where where when I talk about like liking sort of classic animation versus sort of more modern stuff. And it's like, you just look at what they were doing back then. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's the art, the artistry. Yeah. And, and just how beautiful uh, a film like this is. There is a... Um, and it's just mind-blowing. There's like a... Not every segment is great. Like, mm-hmm. obviously there is a bit of a I mean, there's the classics. There's so there's many... Apprentice, the yeah, there's so, there's the... so many mm-hmm. uh, segments that, you know, like some are going to be not as good as others, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, like all, all the sort of ones that you think about Fly when you think movie, about yeah, it. Yeah. All the ones you sort of think about when you think about the movie, um, yeah. you know, obviously are amazing. Um there is a and just as an artistic from an artistic yeah, point of yeah, view, like, it's just amazing. There's like, like a texture to this film, both visually, like like on the screen texture, and like you can you f- like a texture you can feel from like that because it's that like the hand drawn art, yeah. the 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 something that definitely more like definitely modern. Um, I mean, even back. In the '90s, when they started doing like the the CG assisted stuff, like like when Beauty and the Beast and and mm-hmm. that the rise of that those Disney films started to lose a bit, and definitely the the computer animated stuff now. Um, well, that's how is I feel. very rare. That's how that I feel. You, but you I mean, have that that feel. Not to everyone it feels that way, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not knocking it. It's just for me personally. Mm-hmm. I look at something like this and think like, oh, yeah. that's when it was real. That that early, art, you know, I that's... mean, that early, all that early, and especially the. I mean, I'm I'm mostly uh, probably similar to you, but like mostly from the Disney animated stuff from yeah. that era. But um, it has, yeah, it has that. It's it's very. Um, it feels it's just there's a realness to it yeah. that you know and it's just and and like i say like what i love about it is just that it's pure art it's mm-hmm. not anything else like it's yeah. not trying to do anything other than be art yeah and um from you know with the music the the pairing the classical music uh with with it you know and it's basically like um the the the, the artists and animators like and producers and stuff of of the Disney Studios, like their their artistic interpretations of, mm-hmm. of what that music, the directions that that music takes their brains in, yeah, which then translates into how they artistically express their feelings about it. And it's just to see people with that sort of mastery of of artistic expression mm-hmm. putting it out there, yeah, and and how that makes you feel like that's what art is all about. Yeah, it's. It is just yeah. It's so it is good. one of those yeah. There's the the um, like I could just use, the emotion of it could, is, is you could put that on anytime and I'd just be like riveted. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's good. That's good pick. Love it. Uh, my number four, also my earliest one as well, uh, also from 1940, uh, is His Girl Friday, yep. starring Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell. It's a great movie. Um, uh, for those who don't know what the the film's about, um, uh, Rosalind Russell plays um, the ex-wife of Cary Grant's character, and uh, 
she uh, she's an investigative reporter, uh, and she's going to remarry. Um, and the guy she's going to remarry is just this super humdrum, like boring guy. And Cary Grant is basically trying to like interfere with this happening. Um, the 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 additional plot in the film is um, she's investigating this guy who is been put on trial or has been put on trial for murder, and she's fairly sure he's innocent. And that sort of uh, comes across in the course of the film is like that's you know her investigation and and everything and, you know leads leads through that part. But uh, the playoff between uh, uh, Cary Grant and and Rosalind Russell is just amazing. Like they're ban- it's. It's one of those, like, real great examples. This is something the 40s and 50s are amazing for. Because they didn't... I don't say they didn't have a lot else to go on, but it was what was, um, I guess, what it was aimed for at the time, like, to, to be very good, is the, the banter between the characters. The fast-talking, super-witty... Mm-hmm. Um, Overlapping uh, dialogue. Over, yeah. Over, like, and... Um, Howard Hawks. Uh, yes, that's yeah. that, as Howard Hawks is. Uh, oh, for uh, sure, his signature. Yeah, for sure. As a, uh, and yeah, he did overlapping dialogue. Tons of everybody's talking fast. Everybody's like, yeah, you talk over, which yeah. is like normally like a big no-no in movies, and it's and and but it's way far more realistic. Yeah, and the way it's and the way the way it's the done is your the pace and but the way it's done is like even though there's over like over talking like you're never like confused about what's no, what people are saying because it's, it's designed that way yeah it is it is it is just kind of the super like i don't want to say like smart in, in a way to infer that like movies now are dumb but even like dialogue heavy are, movies now, <laughs> a lot of them are but like dialogue heavy movies now are yeah. often like dramatic yeah. you don't get i mean not to say this is this movie's a, a, a it's a dramatic romance um, but there is a lightheartedness to it, yeah. you know, like between the two characters, yeah. um, that like you just don't get that really in movies for for decades. It's been decades. It, it is rare to to come across. I'm sure there are modern examples oh, yeah. that are similar style. I mean, I could go. But they're not, I mean, not as my my go to example. Super publicized. Yeah. My go to example. Of this is actually not a movie, but a TV show. Is Gilmore Girls? Yeah, where. That is a 45-minute TV show with 48 minutes of dialogue yeah. because there's so much overlap. I, yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, it's definitely in that tradition. And uh, the other thing I think is really great about this, and this is something that um, we actually started to see, we've started to see a a pullback on this sort of recently, and, and, and when I say recent, I mean recent decades of, of films, is... Um, the female lead in a lot of these mo- in these kind of movies, in this movie especially, is she is they are on par. They are that character does not exist to serve the male lead. That that character is on par and often like smarter, faster, wittier, you know, than 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 the their male counterpart in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, not afraid like. And definitely a time when they're not afraid to, and, and this is maybe just a result of over the years political correctness. Like, you know, uh, you know, Cary Grant would say something that is like kind of biting, and instant turnaround. You know, like not even gonna let that slow her down. Yeah. Like return fire well, on that. Like, like, oh, you are burned. Well, the, you know, the interesting thing about it is that. Um, the film is actually based on a play yes, called yeah. The Front Page where mm-hmm. both characters are actually male in the original version. 
Really? And it was changed for uh, His Girl Friday, and and it's like that takes it to like a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, cause especially like because the backstory of their relationship to get completely added, was added yeah. when they decided to make the the character female. Mm-hmm. But um, it's uh, it's. Um, it was something where they just, I think, originally the plan was to do, like, a straightforward adaptation of the front page. Yeah. And then somehow something, I don't remember the full story, but something happened where they heard, um, you know, the actress, like, doing the lines. Uh-huh. And they were just like, that's amazing. Like, it that works so well. Or or just somewhere along the line, someone decided, like, let's try uh-huh. let's try a, an actress do, doing these lines. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I don't remember the exact circumstances of it, but obviously... Yeah. Um, the rest is history. Um, and it worked out. Okay, amazing. just looking it up. Uh, what it was was, um, um, yeah, it's been a while. The since the, I... the character who who was originally the male character in the original, yeah. um, uh, during uh, rehearsals, during mm-hmm. auditions for the uh, for the for character, uh, it was like character, a reading. Uh, a, uh, one of his back. secretaries, one of one of uh, Howard Hawks' secretaries, yeah. was doing the reading. And he realized that the line sounded so good okay. coming from a woman that, like, he decided he to decided change the character. To, to okay, change it. Yeah. Uh, okay, completely. Cool. I, haven't, I haven't heard yeah. the story in a while, so I just I kind of yeah. had a vague recollection. Yeah, of completely it. rewrote the script mm-hmm. and all of the characters' dialogues and names. Uh, uh, the dialogue and character names were left the same, but the the plot right. of the script was was completely um, yeah. Rewritten. Well, to bring um, in, like their backstory together and all that stuff, uh, yeah. which. Um, and this is actually something I didn't know about making the uh, Rosalind Russell's casting Rosalind Russell's part at that point became super difficult. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the volume of lines that she had to remember, the speed uh, that she had to deliver them was uh, because it was, this was 1940. This was the start of like that style of yeah. uh, movie um, was not asked for from yeah. a lot of female actresses right. at the time. And, uh, especially considering, like, the comedy parts of it are, like, this movie is, it's funny because, um, you go to, like, IMDb, this movie's, um, a dramatic comedy. Uh, some other places, it's straight up listed just as a drama movie. Um. I definitely would put it more towards the comedy. uh, Howard Hawks, this is, and at the time, it is straight up listed as a screwball comedy. Like, there is some dr- drama in this just because mostly having to do with it's a the dramedy. subplot. It's as, a we, as we would say, say nowadays. nowadays. It's a dramedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the also the thing was, this movie was also created on a bit of a budget. Um, and uh, early, uh, Howard Hawks wanted, like, for the female cast, he wanted, like, like Catherine Hepburn uh, or a couple of other, uh, Ginger Rogers, way out of the his production budget like they right. could not afford them and Makes so sense. A big and so he had to cast around for lesser known actors somebody who could pull yeah. off the role yeah. that they could afford yeah yeah and yeah not, um, not an easy thing uh and Rosalind Russell was actually on set because she was actually doing another role in the movie okay and uh he just at one point Hawks just said let, let's try you. Let's right. do this. And she, she thought nailed it. she thought when he, when she was getting called in, she thought she was being fired. Right. She thought he was going to let go because she was just straight up like a like an extra character in the thing. And instead, she became the second, right. and which like gave her like launched her career into doing a ton of other stuff throughout the forties and fifties. Um, but um, nice. Well, you know, if yeah. you've got the talent, then all you need is that uh, opportunity to show it. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, you know, no, the 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 yeah. So and this is this is one of those like just super enjoyable like yeah. uh, uh, films that you can watch. I, I had a feeling um, you might have it, yeah. and and it would be like for me, it would be like an honorable mention type of yeah. thing. Like I definitely that's one of the ones that came to mind mm-hmm. uh, when we were starting oh, oh, doing this. List, yeah, but uh, ultimately, it's just not one that I'm as familiar with, or that yeah, you know, is or. One that has been as big a part of my life, right? I suppose, right? As as most of the other things that I picked, and I had a feeling you might have mm. it, so I kind of was like, "Well, it's safe because mm. you'll probably have it, and if you don't, I can mention it as an honorable mention." But I'm going to throw this in. Uh, I recommend this as a good date movie. Like, want to rent a movie? Rent a movie. Nobody rents movies. <laughs> I personally you know witnessed with my own eyes uh, a few days ago somebody renting, renting a, movie. a film. Wow! Because yeah, I was in uh, there's a big sale going on, spring sale at Audio Video Replay right now. Oh right! So I was going in to see if there's anything they had that I needed for my collection, and uh, they still rent movies. And oh. there was actually a customer there that came in while I was in there that came in and rented a movie. Wow! So it okay. does happen. Well, back when I was dating. <laughs> This renting was a thing, yeah. and uh, the, yeah. you still rent it. It's just yeah. now renting is Netflix. You, you or, type it, or, you type it in, you find it, and you yeah, click. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazon rental, yeah, yeah. digital rental. You now. can still rent things. Yeah, just, yeah. It's just you're just clicking buttons now. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't have to leave your couch. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, no, it is a real good uh, that kind of movie because it's it's lighthearted enough that you can both laugh and and but at the same time it's it's not uh, it's not so dumb or silly that you're you're bound to. Like so, like most people, both both parties are probably going to like this. Yeah, this this film. That's but cool. Yeah. cool. All right, so yeah, that's my number four. His Girl Friday from nineteen forty. Nice. All right. Nice. Number three. Three. Uh, I don't really have a clever introduction for this. Uh, okay. Just a great classic. Okay. Uh, forty. This is nineteen forty-two. Okay. Uh, Casablanca. Aha! Nice. Um. So. Don't really have much to say here. Obviously, everybody knows this movie. It's very famous. Very classic. One of the, it's the considered one of the movies. If you know a Humphrey movies. Bogart movie, this is probably yeah, considered one. one of the greatest movies. I don't have a lot to add, um, but I will say that on a, just as a personal, like on a personal level, uh, what really pushes it over the top for me is um, one. What I really like about it is it feel is the sense of history, yeah, uh, to the characters oh, yeah. and to the situation. You feel like these characters really have had this history mm-hmm. that they're presented as having. And, you know, yes, there are brief, like, flashback sequences where mm-hmm. they show a little bit of the history, but for the most part, the history is implied by how they interact with each other and by the references that are made. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like... It's so well done. Like, it feels like um, this was taken from... Like, it's an adaptation... From like a series of books, almost and, it almost feels like like this true is a story adaptation. This is adapted or from like like halfway through the series. Like mm-hmm. this would be like book four or five or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the characters are so well the characters established, are so well established, and, yeah. and they have the history. And it's like if you've been reading all the books up to this point, you're like, oh, you know, you're really invested in the characters mm-hmm. because you've had all this history with them. None of which is true. It's a totally standalone story. It was mm-hmm. actually it was based on an unproduced play. Oh. Um. Was the, the basis of it? I was not aware. But of that. but I mean, it wasn't like a one to one adaptation of a, of this play. Like it was just that was where they took the basis from, and then they turned it into a movie, and you know, they completely wrote like a new script and stuff. But um, yeah, uh, 
it, it's it, that's what to but but that's the feeling I get when I watch it is the feeling is that these are really established characters that have uh-huh. a history and that's conveyed so well in the film even though it's a totally standalone film that has no prior anything uh-huh. you know nothing came before nothing came yeah. after it um but yeah obviously before they did sequels to everything <laughs> yeah obviously you know Humphrey Bogart classic yeah um he did a lot of great movies in the 40s that could be put on one of these lists. Um, you could probably make a list of just Humphrey Bogart movies, and you could fill that list. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he did a lot of amazing stuff at this time. I've never really been like a huge fan. Like um, not, not to say anything against him. He's a good actor. Um, it's just not personally like I've never personally had a big connection with him as, as an actor. Like, oh, yeah. like where, where he was like a favorite. Like, oh, i got to watch like every Humphrey Bogart movie. It just kind of seems to happen. That I've seen quite a few, just because yeah. he made so many good well, classic. Well, good that's ones, the thing. When you, you, you so look classics, for good, you look for good classic movies from the forties and fifties. It, it will a lot of times. Yeah. It ends up that Bogart's in them just because he did so many great movies, um, and and that's and so my explanation of of uh, my personal feeling about it. That's kind of what puts this one over the top um, uh, in terms of um, you know being uh, my favorite one. Um, but there's other ones that are great. Like I, I wouldn't even. Say, you could substitute like probably any one of many of his five Humphrey yeah. Bogart movies yeah. in this slot, and yeah. they would be worth. And that that's just in the be, '40s without going yeah, into the yeah. '50s, where and they did a wealth and they would be worthy, yeah. like like yeah. in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Ingrid Bergman should be mentioned here too. Yes. Was was amazing. Um, so. It's, it's it is one of those like definitely like everybody's great. So many people have seen this film. Yeah, it is a tremendous. That's why I mean film. I don't need to go a lot of detail about it. Like yeah. e- either you know it or you don't. But mm. you know if you don't know it, my, watch it. I can't watch really help you. <laughs> Casablanca. But this is just my explanation as yeah. to what personally puts it over the top for me in terms mm. of how good it is. Yeah, yeah. No, excellent. Yeah, no, good. That's a good, good choice. Yeah. Um, my number three mm-hmm. uh, from 1946, also a Humphrey Bogart movie. Also, a Howard Hawks movie. The, oh. the Big Sleep. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I knew exactly what it was going to be, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Uh, starring uh, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Uh, based on a Philip, uh, a Raymond Chandler. A Philip Marlowe book. Well, oh, it is a Philip, Philip Marlowe book. Yeah. Written by Raymond Chandler. Philip Marlowe is the character. Yeah. Philip Marlowe is the character. Raymond Chandler is the author. That, yep. that uh, he played. Yeah. Uh, detective Noir story. Yeah. Um, I love, uh, like, noir stuff mm-hmm. from that era. Uh, and around that era, yeah. um, uh, Raymond Chandler and Mickey Splain are like two, like I, both those authors, I've read so much of their work. Right. Um, I'm a huge Raymond Chandler. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're actually a bigger Raymond Chandler fan yeah. than me and I, I'm a bit more of a Mickey Splain guy. Um, yeah, no, I'm, which, I'm which unfortunately, uh, I mean, uh, it's one of those, uh, definitely Raymond Chandler has gotten the better end of the film spectrum than Mickey Splain's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the, most of Mickey Splain stuff's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, this is, uh, this is a great detective. Uh, yeah, it's really, gritty. it's good. And it has a very interesting, uh, very twisted, um, production history too. For anyone who's interested, yeah, yeah, look that up because uh, it's it's really messed up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's actually complete two completely different versions of, of the this. of the movie. Yes, um, that were. I have no idea which one I've seen though. Yeah, well, because that's the thing. Because <laughs> I've seen one of them, but I don't know which one it is. Yeah, and yeah. and different the different versions have been available different more widely or or not more yeah. widely at different times in history. Um, 
depending on when the release happened. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, the original version is uh, more of a um, is a more of a gritty film noir type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the later version, which was kind of the wide, the widely, the widely released version. Yeah. Um, is is more about the because by the time they made the they did the reshoots and yeah. the re-edit and cha- changed it into the second version, yeah. um, the whole Bogey and Bacall thing was big. Yeah. yeah. So they they basically downplayed some of the other characters, mm. uh, beefed up Lauren McCall's role a bit, yeah. and really emphasized the the, the banter between that, them. Yeah. Uh, and added a lot more of them them going at each other. Yeah. Um, because it was just. The whole Boogie Bacall so thing well, yeah. was in the minds of the of, of the public yeah. of like oh it's it was the they were like the couple you know the the the, the, the power the Hollywood power couple uh, of the time so uh, they really emphasized those elements um, where the original version is a little more balanced it's a little more yeah. of a straight adaptation more of a gritty film noir kind of thing yeah um, but uh, they're both great. they're both a, really good movies just, just doing a, a quick a quick look actually. Um, so there was the original forty four um, uh, was when it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, then when it actually uh, was like edited in forty five, they cut a bunch of stuff out, um, and then a bunch of stuff was restored back to forty six. Um, number of things in this movie um, because of course what you could get away with in a novel, yeah, in uh, a challenge novel, and you could not get away with the movie. No. A lot of stuff that was originally planned for this movie. Uh, even some of the scenes that were filmed and are n- have never been in any version bumped like, up against the Hayes Code. Um, yeah, big time. Uh, had to do with a lot of, like, there's a lot of uh, references alluring to uh, two characters with um, uh, questionable sexuality for the time that <laughs> was not really allowed to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, also, a, a chunk, I mean, kind of the main driving plot of this one of the, this film is with this missing people, missing person, and also the uh, selling of pornography. Right, but they don't. Say they that could in the movie. never say that in the film. No, they and they, they skirt they, around it. Completely. It was it was very cryptically like addressed and and yeah, very uh, cryptically. Uh, it just this, uh, this movie. Uh, a lot of a lot of things were said that yeah. like you just think. Okay, like in the reference in the in the course of the movie, you 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 just like they talk about certain things, and you're just like, like I don't understand exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's in 1940 things, but it's straight up just word substitution. This, this is a just case, random word this is substitution. A case, a case lesson in yeah. in in the, the the travails of making a code yeah. era film, film yeah. adapted from a yeah. a pulp, you know, uh, era. Yeah, you know, uh, fairly fairly hardcore. Uh, yeah, um, hard boiled detective novel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. The uh, evidently just looking up the release you want to look for is the 1997 re-release, okay. which is where they restored all how it was like evidently originally intended. Right. They put all but, the scenes well, back but in. The, the four, but what I'm saying is, is that the 46 version has, oh, it's still, has its merits, merits as well. Too. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of, the one you I've almost have now. to watch both. Yeah. To get both viewpoints yeah. and sort of compare for yourself yeah. and be like which one do you like the best, best because yeah. no. they're such a different they have different tones and different they emphasize different things uh yeah. one of my one of the stories i really like about it too is uh uh <laughs> it was that the plot is so convoluted oh yeah that at one point there was this thing where i think it was like the chauffeur or something and they were they were trying to figure out 
was this character killed? Oh yes, by like yes. the murderer. That is or a, did that he is commit a big, suicide? That is a big plot point in the movie that has left many yeah. people. Or, or did he commit suicide? And, and well, they weren't allowed to allude to the suicide because again, you couldn't really talk and, about suicide. And they were trying to figure out. Well, you could, but you, but, you, but you couldn't because it was off screen and stuff. Exactly, anyway. you couldn't show. So it, they were trying know, to so. figure out what actually happened because the plot was so convoluted at that point that they, they didn't even know what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the people involved in the production were trying to figure out. They couldn't figure it out. So they called up Raymond Chandler <laughs> in Los Angeles, and they, they you know they call him and be like, they asked him, and he was like. He thought about it, and he's like, I have no idea either. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> even, he, he, as the author, the plot was so convoluted by that yeah. point, by the time he finished the book. Five years later, six years after he had written the book already, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, he was like... I think it, I think it was the book was from the late 30, 39. 39. Yeah. 39, it was his first novel. And, uh, yeah, he even he had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was one of those things where it's just kind of left ambiguous, because mm. they're like, oh, we don't know. Actually, an interesting thing about that is because um, the 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 other sort of major kind of like you say there's like a missing person blah 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 yeah. the other kind of murder aspect um is that uh there it was um implied uh or not implied it, it's pretty much obvious in the book that it was done that the the the, the murder was uh done by like the 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 young sister. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, when she was kind of on like, you know, sort of that blackout kind of yeah, zone because yeah. she was drugged and stuff like that. And and uh, the older sister, which is the Laura McCall character mm-hmm. in the movie, kind of was like an accessory because she was protecting her, her little right. sister yeah. who was a seriously messed up and, you know, mm-hmm. individual. Um, whereas in the movie, they made it be the sort of bad guy right. who, who did right. the murder. Because for the very reason that in a code film, you cannot have, um, like, basically they couldn't make it because the Lord, that would make the Lauren McCall character an accessory to it, which would mean that you could not have a positive outcome for that character because character, that was right. not allowed under the code. Yeah. Yeah. So they literally had to. That was an example of the hoops they would have had to rewrite. To, it's not to, just to a matter. Of, that. that was a yeah. matter of where they specifically had to change an exact plot mm-hmm. element yeah. for the code, not just. Like, not just a, a, a censoring aspect, but, like, they literally had to change the fundamentals of the story. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really change the fundamentals of the story. The story's the same. It's just yeah. they kind of just tweaked it a little yeah. j- because they couldn't get away another, with it. Another, like, it is another great example of, like... But, I mean, for all that, it's still, it's a still ends up being a, a great fa- movie. It's a fantastic It's film. really fun to watch. Um, uh, Humphrey Bogart's, like, his oh. hilarious thing with the bookshop. Shop, yeah. Where he does this sort of character mm. where he's being all kind of, like like, you know... Yeah. Like uh, almost nerdy. I was gonna say like yeah, the 40s, 40s version of like nerdy, nerdy. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like so ironic because he's like the ultimate tough guy. Yeah, and it's just it's hilarious. You know, um, it's great. It's it, great stuff. It's just interesting to think yeah. how the like you say the hoops that they had to go through to actually get this made mm-hmm. at you know a time which was like the height. Yeah. Of the restriction, yeah. The re- the restriction which is, is is another great example of to like show like how and to still to this day you can get away with anything in print. Yeah. But as soon as you put it on screen, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's just so one. It's one of those things. But why? Yeah. But just different know, industries, different hit. They had yeah, different yeah. history. Nobody cares what you developed, write down. They developed you, in yeah, different ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is a um, if you. This is, you know, not, not, it's not a bad film. Uh, it's not as good as 
1946 version, but there is a 1970-something, 75-78 version of this film that was refilmed yeah, with Robert, really good, actually. Robert Mitchum plays uh, the, the Humphrey Bogart role, uh, yeah. Philip Marlowe. Um, and it is it is very faithful to the book, yeah. actually. It's because, really, again, once, once you got into the 70s... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's um, right. It is 70s. You, you do yeah. anything. Once you're in the 70s, yeah. You, yeah, it's really... Because yeah, then you just had to, you just had to deal with the The only problem with the 70s version is just the fact that... Oh, well, the... Because it's the 70s. So, well, so it's like you don't get that classic pulp yeah, kind of feel. feel. Yeah, well, because you know. the, the thing is, is they, they filmed it in the 70s and they made it take place in the 70s. Yeah. They didn't make it a historical piece, which is why it does lose that feel yeah uh also i feel and i don't know she, i don't think she was a, a big actress uh the person the, the actress who plays the lauren bacall's character is not nearly as strong as lauren bacall no, well, I, mean, uh, I mean i mean it's who, who big, shoes, big yeah. shoes to film yeah. robert mitchum's a great actor yeah uh, I, I mean humphrey bogart it's also big shoes to film and robert mitchum very much a similar style yeah actor. yeah no um, it worked really well but yeah filming lauren bacall's yeah the role very difficult yeah um yeah, but no, the seventies version is good yeah. though. I mean, it's 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 good. It's just I would love to see a very faithful yeah. adaption um, that was should should be done it, in the original period, period yeah. in that in that it style. Should be mentioned. Robert Mitchum actually uh, did three or four films yeah. uh, uh, as Philip Marlowe. Yeah. Uh, throughout the seventies, but again, like all, again, they although all, they're all good, they were all because th- they did them contemporary to the yeah. time. It just loses some of that yeah. feel because part of what I love about the books and stuff is that they're a snapshot of the era that they're from, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, number three, The Big Sleep. Cool. Uh, real, real good example of, uh, in my opinion, one of the best examples yeah, yeah. of the that uh, detective noir film. It was, a close, it was a close one for me. And just some of those sort of issues that we talked about were kind of what pushed it down a little bit. Right. And then also just the fact that I didn't want too much Bogart. So I was like, well, I right. can't eliminate. Like I said, we could, we I was could, like, this, this list could just be all Bogart. It's like, really. I can't leave out <laughs> Casablanca. So yeah. I decided that will be my Bogart pick mm-hmm. and everything else is no. just honorable mentions. Yeah. I should say now, because I don't have a formal honorable mentions list. Yeah. I was pretty much just going to play off of whatever you said oh, okay. and, and just chime in and be like, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say uh, another one to mention in these, in this vein is the Maltese Falcon. Well, yes, exactly. Exactly. Which is, uh, that's all my honorable mentions Which is as also well. amazing. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit earlier. Yeah, 41. Um, yeah. And what's interesting about that, of course, is that, uh, as you mentioned, you mentioned Mickey uh-huh. Splane, um, but the, the other sort of giant of, the, of that era of, of like the hardball detective kind of thing was, um, of course, uh, Dashiell Hammett, mm-hmm. and who, who wrote The Monty Falcon. Yeah. And, and the thing that's crazy about that is that he came before all those other guys um, – and because uh, the Maltese Falcon, the, the the book of that is from like twenty nine. No, I know it's, super so it's actually cool. ten yeah. years earlier than the Big Sleep. Uh, the, the in terms of the book, um, so the Sam Spade character, which which is what Bogart mm-hmm. plays in that, is kind of the precursor to like Philip Marlowe and all those kinds of things, yeah. characters like that. Um, and uh, but what's actually kind of funny is that uh, Hammett is actually was actually younger than Raymond Chandler and actually died later than him. Wow. Uh, because uh, Ren Chandler didn't start writing until so late. So late in his life. life. Well yeah. into middle age. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he, he only started writing um, after uh, he was originally a bi- uh, successful businessman. That's right. When and he, he kind was, of easily retired into writing. He was basically yeah. wiped out by the by the Depression. Yeah. And so he needed uh, a way to, to make a living. It turned out he was a real good uh, Mr. Writer. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he needed to make a living, so he went to writing, because writing was one of those things, although it sounds like a very unreliable way to make a living, it was one of those things that was 
always still going to be in demand exactly. even during yeah. the depression yeah. and a lot of normal kind of business stuff yeah. would fail you know but entertainment would always go on yeah. Yeah. so you know i mean you're not going to become rich doing it but uh <laughs> no but you know if you're successful you'll be comfortable at least yeah exactly yeah, yeah. all right so yeah number three the big sleep all right so i guess uh, number two to you number two all right well I'm, this is the one i'm actually really curious about are you yes are you? I, I, it all depends. I, I, I have a feeling I know you're number one. So, I, and, but it, 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 you, you've caught me a number of times by what I thought was going to be your number one is your number two. So, okay, I'm okay. going to stop saying number one and number two I, now. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to go to the bathroom. Um, all right. Well, uh, it is no secret. Here's my introduction on this one. It is no secret that I am a huge fan of Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Um, I, but however, um, I generally, if I'm going to talk about Hitchcock, talk about some of uh, the really famous like '50s stuff, um, that, you know, your rear windows, your yeah. vertigos, your yeah. so on and so forth. Um, I'm not as well versed in his '40s work, um, but there is one that really kind of stands apart. Um, so it's uh, 1943, Shadow of a Doubt. Yeah, uh, great movie. Um, actually, it was actually Hitchcock's personal favorite of his own movies. Wow. Um, and uh, it's just um, everything that you want a Hitchcock film to be it's um great suspense uh for those who aren't too familiar with it because i know that a lot of people like me you know aren't as familiar with the 40s stuff um for those who aren't familiar yeah, as it turned um, out i i had not seen any of his 40s works. it's about um there's it's there's it's a young girl like a i think teenager uh who um is called charlie because um she was named after or like sort of informally named after like uh her uncle charlie Who's like one of those kind of like, you know, classic like the favorite uncle, the cool uncle who like comes o- comes to visit every oh, so yeah. often. You're like, oh, yeah, what an awesome, cool guy. Like, I want to be like him, you know, or I want to, you know, hang out with him. Um, and and you know, she loves her uncle Charlie. He's 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 awesome. He's he's her her namesake that you know she's uh, called Charlie after and stuff. And uh, he comes to visit, and it starts clues and stuff start to kind of mount up that he may actually be secretly be um this like serial killer that's that's been uh killing um people um he's like uh, i think it's like the honeymoon killer or something or something like that something it's like a lonely hearts based type of thing Ah, right uh where he he gets he he gets into like he he creates like sort of relationships with like you know older like you know uh women and then just like and kills them and stuff and um and and ba- so basically, Charlie, the the young Charlie, the the teenage girl, like sh- she basically starts to kind of notice things that are starting to indicate, like, wait, there might be something. She, going how old on is here. she supposed to be? Like, uh, I don't remember. Like teens, or probably. Something like that? Okay, probably maybe mid teens. Okay. It's hard to say sometimes because, of course, old enough that she's like not clearly not a child. No, but just, also she's not, not a child, but she's not yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so so that's that whole thing of like the the. The cool favorite uncle, and then finding out that he might be, you know, this uh, this this horrible, mm-hmm. you know, killer. That's a, that's a that's a very Hitchcock. So it's all yeah. I mean, the plot is amazing because you could make that movie now, and it would be no, fu- it wouldn't be as good as a Hitchcock movie. But no. like, but that that I that that's that um, what do you call that? The premise. Premise. Yeah. That yeah, premise yeah. would work. It's a timeless pre- premise. It's a timeless yeah, premise. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah. work perfectly well now, and it would still be as suspenseful. You know, 
and you could you even have some more new opportunities to create suspense because you could use you know like the internet and like various things of like how people can information gather now uh-huh, uh-huh. um and and uh you can have some real shocking moments i'm not saying it should be remade uh by any means but i'm just saying you could do it yeah and it would be a totally valid you know it's not one of those plot lines where you're like oh well it worked back then but you couldn't really do it it's like no it would it would work perfectly fine now um and it's yeah it's just very suspenseful uh just to have the tension builds throughout the whole thing because it's you don't really know uh the truth uh until like sort of the very end um and i'm not gonna give it away here because you got to see the movie yeah um but uh yeah it's amazing it's amazing cool no that's awesome. definitely yeah. um uh the best of what i've seen of of hitchcock stuff from the 40s um it's funny because like as soon as we were doing the 40s i was like oh hitchcock yeah Boom, let me go take a look Oh, I haven't seen any of these. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I mean, we even started because, you know, I, I, I brought over my box set that yeah. we threw in. You know, we, we watched, we, a, few we watched a couple of them uh, here even, um, but they're all the 50s ones. Yeah. They're all the, the sort of... I think that's all the stuff he's definitely yeah. kind of more known for is the late... Like all yeah. his, fam- his more famous ones. Is, yeah. I mean, I've heard of I've heard of this one. Yeah, for sure. Him. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's... it's. I had to think about it for a bit. I was like, I was like, man, I want to do some Hitchcock, but what what did he do from the 40s that was really, yeah. really good? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I have a feeling Hitchcock will make a comeback at our top fifty top list. <laughs> I can I can guarantee that fairly safely, yeah. and probably in sixties as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. He did go all the way through. Oof. Yeah. If, well done. If, well should done. we make it? Well that, done, sir. Should we make it that far? Yeah. Yeah. I I actually have a box set um, that my mom actually uh, found for me and sent me. That's like one of those kind of bargain bin box, oh, yeah, box yeah, yeah. sets. But it's it's uh, I think it's like twenty movies, and it's it's, <laughs> it's all um, it's all his like uh, like pre Hollywood stuff. It's all like his British stuff. Oh, so it's like a lot of like his silent films and stuff that you and, just would never all, normally get a chance. Yeah, to see like it's like all his thirties like yeah. and stuff and his late twenties stuff, uh, which I haven't started to delve into that because it's just such a huge mountain mm-hmm. of material to get into. But um, uh, I'd like to at some point because um, even some of that stuff's quite classic. Um, but uh I mean even like uh the man who knew too much right. uh, which he did with with um James James Stewart. Yeah. Um that was actually a remake of a previous he he had previously made that movie in like the thirties and then he remade his own movie later on into the more famous version. Yeah. But even like the thirties version, as far as I understand it, is pretty good. It's yeah. just, you know, different because it's earlier and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but yeah. So anyways. I can go on and on about Hitchcock. Let's not yeah, do that because yeah, yeah. that'll be an entire thing. So uh, yeah, so so number two, Shadow of a Doubt, nineteen forty three. Nice, awesome. Um, my number two is a film that I probably not nearly as well known as the rest of the films that we've got on our list here. Okay. Um, it's from nineteen ninety two. Sorry, nineteen ninety two. <laughs> that falls outside of our. Uh... Oh my bad. Um, it's from nineteen forty two. Sorry, and it's uh, the man who came to dinner. Okay, yeah, no, I have not heard of uh, Starring uh, Betty Davis and uh, an actor named Monty Woolley, who, this is his only, like, real big Hollywood film. Huh. Um, I've seen this film a number of times. Uh, this was the one that, this is one of the ones that I rewatched recently to make sure, like, okay, I haven't seen this film in a little while, but I, I have seen it, you know, a number of times before. Okay. I want to make sure that I really liked it as much as I liked it. Yeah. And so upon well, watching it a couple of nights two. ago, it... It is. It actually was better than I. I actually remember. Like nice. I was like, um, uh, noise. It's um, it's a very limited. 
um, like 90% of this movie takes place in a single room. Um, and um, uh, Monty Woolley plays uh, this, um, he's a, in, uh, in this like super like um, full of himself, like little arrogant radio personality named uh, Sheridan, Sheridan Whiteside. And he's coming to this small. <laughs> a great character name. Yeah. He's coming to this small uh, Idaho, uh, I think it's Idaho uh, town to uh, do a, like, he's going to do, like, a, a he's going to, like, talk at a dinner, and, like, you know, people, you pay, like, a bunch of money to go and have dinner and, and right. listen to this guy yeah, yeah. Uh, talk. Um, and he's, guests. he's getting picked up from the train by the, these people. He's going to stay at their house, and it's, like, this big honor. Um, and he doesn't want to even go. He doesn't want to get off the train. Like, he just, like, the, this whole affair is just, like, having to deal with this. And Betty, uh, Betty Davis plays his, like, personal assistant. And she's, like, worked for him for, like, ages like a decade or more and like knows him inside now knows how to wrangle him right because he's just like it's just a real like real character you know like quote-unquote character you know when did you say it was 41 uh 42 42, 42. yeah huh. and um, i've never heard of it yeah this is and amazing he um I, he was one of those ones like i saw it by accident one time like, yeah, i was yeah. like oh here's like a here's like a little black and white movie looks kind of funny huh. I'll, I'll, I'll watch this and i was like this movie's brilliant and it falls straight into the category of the kind of film, like, full of dialogue. Right. Um, like, and uh, uh, Monty like, character, like, he's the definitely, he's, like, the main character of it, him and, and, and Betty Davis. Right. Um, they, 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 you know, play off each other, and, uh, well, he ends up hurting himself, like, going up the seven, it's wintertime, it's, it's December, and it's just before Christmas, and he falls and hurts himself, like, really badly on the steps going up to these people's house. Um, so being the kind of arrogant jerk he is, he immediately threatens to sue them for $150,000. Oh no. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, like, and of course they're like, like, oh no, oh no. And so he like, basically like just takes control of their house. Like he's like the living room and the, 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 the study, which has like a bed in it. Like he first, he's bedridden to the study for like a couple of weeks and then, and then he's like, and then he, he ends up in a wheelchair and he's in the living room. And he's like, he's like, this is now my area. He's like, I will be using the phone. You will be, have to use, use a different phone line. You will have to use a different entrance into the house. Like the, the whole family is just shuttered up into the upstairs and they're not allowed to like come down. And he just like takes over and drives like the, 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 the wife is like consistently like, um, like, uh, like, Oh, what can we do? She like loves him. She thinks he's amazing. But, like, everything he says is just, like, go away. Like, you, like, you're basically, like, not quite, but, like, you're ugly, go away. But he says it in a more, like, you know, like, eloquent manner. Right. And and he drives the husband, like, crazy. And then he, like, he, he, like, starts giving, like, life advice to, like, their kids. Directly opposite to, like, what? And so he just creates chaos in this household. The whole time, like, he has nonstop visitors and packages arriving. Uh, there's, like, a bunch of penguins he orders from, like, a zoo arrive. So, like, the study just has, like, penguins living in it. And he's just turning this whole thing, this whole household, like, upside down. So what kind of, what's kind of, like, tone? Uh, oh, it's straight up, like, just, like, like, like pretty much, like, verbal comedy. Okay. Like, um, it's a bit of romance. Because what happens is, and this is sort of the main... Uh, it takes a, a little bit to get there, but there, <laughs> uh, as you can see, how much I've gone on. Because this is all the stuff, like all this is going on in the background. Yeah, yeah. Sort of the the main major thing is is um, he's supposed to be getting better, but he's stuck in this house, and he kind of hates being stuck in the house in a town that he didn't want to be in in the first place. 
Meanwhile, um, Betty Davis's character meets uh, the newspaper man for the newspaper of the town, and she falls in love with him. And she's thinking of marrying him, and she is going to stop working for uh, Sheridan. Um, which he immediately sets into motion this plot to... Um, there's this uh, famous actress that he knows. He invites her to like get her away from this, uh, to basically to pull this this newspaper man away from from Betty Davis because right. he doesn't want to lose her. Right. It's it's all completely like self centered on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He keeps saying he's looking out for her, but it's all completely on him because he doesn't know what to do with himself if she isn't there to like basically help him. Right. Um. Things are like there's a lot of like stuff that's revealed. Like uh, I won't go too far because it kind of. Sp- would spoil it but like mm. for example it does turn out that like he's not really injured as badly as he thought and so but he doesn't want he's got like plans in motion and so he spends a lot of time like in the wheelchair when he doesn't need to be and stuff like that um uh there, there's a lot of um uh in, not slapstick comedy not a lot of but there's a few scenes in this where uh the characters act very like I assume it would be what would be considered sort of the, like, a, a slapstick moment or, a, a, like, an outrageous character moment at the time. But there are a couple of times throughout the movie where the characters suddenly say or do something that seems very out of character. And then, like, kind of nothing said about it. And you're just like, I guess that was more funny at the time. It didn't, hmm. you know, play across. Um, uh, Jimmy Durante guests, uh, guest stars, like, shows up in this movie. Um, uh for those who don't know, he's the... I mean, I do know who yeah, Jimmy Durante yeah, is. Like, yeah. a ha-cha-cha-cha guy. Yeah. Um, and he shows up, and he basically, I mean, just plays Jimmy Durante. He's awesome. Yeah. He's hilarious. Um, and he's, like, a close friend of of of, uh, hmm. uh, of Sheridan. And so he shows up, and, like, he basically comes in and helps him fix his... Once he realizes he's screwed up. Right. And and that he's he's hurt uh, uh, Betty Davis's character. Huh. Um, he, he comes in, and he, like, flies in, and... And acts outrageous and helps fix the problem. Huh. Um, wow! And and there's a the, the whole ending is is the the ending scene is is uh, very of the style like it's very like just like it has an outrageous ending to go with the the rest of the film and it is it is just one of those like it's just really funny and clever hmm. and I really like this movie apparently um, <laughs> and, and it is and like ninety percent of the film takes place in this like giant living room in this mansion where he's just wheeling himself around as people and packages and nonsense goes on around him, uh, this chaos that he's caused. And at first, he's a very unlikable character because you're like, this guy is like just grouchy, arrogant jerk. And then, of course, you realize a lot of it is a front. And as the movie goes on, you you begin to like him more. You warm up to him. It's, it's, I assume, it's black and white. Oh, yeah, yeah. Straight up black and white. Yeah, 19, yeah, 42. So, yeah, it's black and white. And, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, so The Man Who Came to Dinner. A very unassuming name, which is, like, probably why, like... Yeah, it's not as, as well known. Um, huh. I have never heard of it. It sounds amazing. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously it's my number two. I'm going to recommend. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Uh, I know it has, like, um... Uh, a, um... It's got a, a fairly high, like, like Rotten Tomatoes rating. I think it's, like, 80% or, like, something like that on Rotten mm. Tomatoes. But, of course, that's a, you know, obviously reversed, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, uh, looking but retrospective. Um, uh, I believe this is also, uh, actually, I know it's uh, based on a play. Okay. A stage play. Well, that um, would make sense with the limited yeah. setting. Um, and uh, it, uh, it didn't get a, 
an amazing uh, like reception at the time. Like it was liked, but there were some like like a lot of reviews, uh, like like newspaper reviews and stuff, were uh, critical of a few things. Uh, it for the era, it is quite long. It is it's straight up two hours. Wow. Yeah. That is. Uh, which for a comedy in the forties yeah, is very long. That's crazy long. Um, and I think it is is sort of um, usually the only ones that were up in that kind of range and and above that and stuff like that were like the epics. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with they, the setup takes a bit long. M- much in how I set up the, <laughs> I may have gone a little long in the setup of, of, of talking right. about this. That's okay. the, the setup of the film, sort of the, the first, I guess you say maybe quarter or third of the film, uh, is, dr- is drawn out a bit, but I believe it pays off because a lot of it is, is just introducing all the characters mm-hmm. and getting to know them thus that the, character-centric humor and jokes play out better in the later part. But he definitely kind of has a... Uh, and I hadn't, Being that I hadn't probably seen it in about, probably about eight or nine years, um, going back and watching it, I was like... I had kind of actually forgotten about how drawn out it was at the start. And I was like, I remember like other stuff happening sooner in the film than this. Um, but then realizing, oh, right, it's a two-hour movie. You know, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, Man Who Came to Dinner, 1942. Interesting. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so you, you did to me what you say that... Yeah. Often, <laughs> you do to I me. I often do to you, apparently. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you didn't seem overly surprised by my two, even though, <laughs> even though, like you say, you haven't seen it yourself. But. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I was, I assumed there was going to be a Hitchcock on there. That's, that was my assumption. Yeah. All so. right. All right. Uh, so you're number one. Yeah, yeah. Fireworks. Uh, well... I'm not really going to be too original here, um, but I think that's okay as long as it's a it's an honest opinion or an honest uh, mm-hmm. feeling. Um, it's uh, 1941, Citizen Kane. Oh, see, could not be on my list as I have not seen of it. Of course, you haven't because you haven't seen anything that's like obvious classics. Um, yeah, I mean. If, What's the point of really saying all, much? All other movies are, are compared to uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody always says like, "Oh, this is the Citizen Kane of you know." Well, as it turns out, this is the Citizen Kane of your list. Yeah. Also, the Citizen Kane of 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> this is the Citizen Kane of the 1940s. It's Citizen Kane. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, I didn't grow up. With I it. need to see this movie. This is a real. This is one of those like grim black spots on. Yeah, my, definitely. You know, um. Especially because you do like 40s movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't grow up with it. I think um, I may have seen bits and pieces on, like, you know, television or something. Uh, but I think the first time that I fully really saw it, I think, was in film school. Mm. I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Because, I mean, that's it's the kind of thing where that's, you know, the kind Ugh. of thing that you see in film school, obviously, because it's freaking Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I was just, I just remember seeing, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is why they say what they say about it. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's every, it's one of those, like, where the excellence is just at every level. Uh-huh. So it's like, you have, you know, you don't have that thing of like, well, the actors did a really good job, but story ah, falls the through. story wasn't so great. You know, they just did the best they could with what they had with the script, but eh. it's like, no. Nah. Great script, great directing, great actors, great like performances of the actors. Um, 
one of the things that really is cool about it is um, that things that it didn't necessarily do things first. It just sort of did the things that that very well, very well, and it and it did them in interesting sort of new ways, but not necessarily first. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, one of the things that's talked about a bunch in it is uh, very innovative use of the optical printer uh-huh. uh, to do uh, compositing effects. Um, what's interesting about it is, of course, the optical printer had been around for a long time. Um, uh, they they got it. Um, while King Kong was being made, actually, in 33. So it had been around for a long time, by by 41. Um, but um, where films like... They actually got it while Kong was being made. So some of... There are actually scenes in King Kong that were done before it, where they had to do it the old-fashioned way, where you literally would do the mat in camera, so that if you messed right. up, you lost that entire thing, you had to redo everything. Whereas with the optical printer, it allows you to, to basically com- composite separate elements. Absolutely. So that if yeah. one is wrong, you just have to reshoot that one part. Right. The rest of it are all good because it's done in layers. Um, so, uh, which is essentially the same way it's done nowadays. It's just all digital now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what was interesting about Citizen Kane's use of it was that it was not like what you would expect to see a lot of visual effects in where like a fantasy movie of some sort, you know, it wasn't like a King Kong or, you know, mm-hmm. like a, any of these kind of movies where it's being used to portray fantastical things that you wouldn't normally be able to portray or, you know, uh, big action set pieces that you would, you wouldn't normally be able to do for real, you know, so you do models or, you know, um, uh, you know, map paintings and things like that and combine different elements and stuff instead of using it in that way because this is a drama there isn't any of that fantastical stuff but what they did is they used it to allow them to create shots to visual images that would be impossible uh, with stand regular basically like in, almost like enriching the film in yeah, a way that exactly yeah. so rather than using it as a way of to be like oh we need visual effects here because this is like a fantastical movie it's like instead they use it as an artistic tool to be able to create uh, compositions and shots that would be otherwise impossible. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, another really interesting thing about it is that the entire plot of the film is driven by a mystery, basically. Uh, there's just something that the main characters of the movie are trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um and this is used as basically a a um, it's a MacGuffin. It's a it's an excuse to basically delve into this character study oh. of this this character Charles Foster Kane, um, and and it's all told through flashback where it's these people are investigating his life basically, and so then we see the flashbacks to showing all these major parts of his life, which is basically the the visualizing of their their investigation into his life, um, all trying to discover the meaning behind this mystery. And they, they never, they never find out like it's, they fail basically. Mm-hmm. They, they never know. Hey, I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> they never know the significance of it, but it's the answer is revealed to the audience, ah, to the people nice. viewing the film nice. at the last moment. So there's like a twist ending of this is what it is. Boom! The reveal, and the audience gets the reveal 
the characters in the film do never not. do. The characters it's one of those in the film, like uh, well, audience information versus right, like, which is normal in movies, but to do it in this way as where, your as your ending, where it's your, your ending yeah. twist, where it's like dun 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 kind of twist. What a twist! And and <laughs> but the characters in the film never actually get to find out. Only uh-huh. the audience gets to know. Uh, and it's not spoon fed. It's like you have to look at it and realize what you're seeing and put it together in your brain to be like, oh, it's this, you know, which is what, what makes it good. Now, of course, the other aspect is that um, this was, of course, uh, Orson Welles' first film yeah. as a filmmaker. Um, what and a first film. Holy crap. Exactly. I mean, like, it's not like he didn't know how to write a story. Or no, anything, no. He'd been know, a but... theatrical. Yeah. He was a theatrical producer and, uh, before this. Um, and he'd done, you know, radio plays and stuff like that. Obviously, very some very famous stuff, right? Like the 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 uh, War of the Worlds, right? Radio course, uh, course, thing yeah. that you know um, everybody freaked out about and stuff like that. Like, so he'd done, you know, a lot of the theatrical stuff. Uh, but this was his first film, um, and it was basically like an unprecedented level of because he was already so well known in the world of theater and radio and all that stuff. It was an unprecedented level of creative control handed it over to a filmmaker of that for that time where you know he had final cut he had basically a total say in how everything was done final cut pro <laughs> no no as in final cut as in the final say, say on, on, I know, on I know. what the form the film would take and the final edit i did a double take when you said final cut and, and uh you know and and it was like he was the complete you know auteur as they say mm. he, he you know and being the you know co-writer the producer, the director, the lead actor playing the character through an entire lifetime, basically, through decades of time, using makeup and things like that to age over time and playing him at different periods of time back and forth as, as you know, as need, as need be for the flashbacks and stuff like that. And, and basically just, you know, bringing all of his kind of uh, theatrical and, and dramatic genius to bear, uh, you know, on this uh, thing that's considered, you know, by many to be the greatest film of all time. Well, that's of course going to be a subjective thing. I'm not trying to say that it's the greatest film of all time. Cause that's an insane thing to say. There's so many films mm-hmm. that have been made. There are thousands of movies trying to single one of any, uh, and to say like that, that this silly. one is yeah. the best is, is crazy. Like yeah. you just can't do that. Um, that being said, it is amazing. And it certainly belongs in the pantheon yeah. of great films, but you know, I'm not going to go and say, like, oh, it's the best film ever. Um, besides, it got uh, overtaken, apparently, by, by Vertigo um, oh. uh, in a recent, I think, 2012 oh. or something. Suddenly, they decided that now Vertigo is the best film ever and, and, and Siskane's number two or oh, whatever. So I, the, I don't know. So Vertigo is the Citizen Kane of it, films it, now. It's one of those <laughs> things. It's one of those. Anyways, point being is what it is. Now, here's what's crazy about all of that. When his, when this made, film was made, Orson Welles was 25 Think about that for a second, everybody. 25. So he was already an experienced theatrical producer, writer, actor, leader of a theatrical troupe, you know, producer of, of radio programs, of successful stage programs, uh, you know, and then making this film, which is, you know, considered by many of the greatest film. Yeah. All of these innovations and in the technical things, all this stuff. He was 25 freaking insane yeah so just in case you thought you accomplished anything in your life you haven't yeah well i don't want to like make anyone feel bad because i'm i've i've accomplished as nothing as much nothing as anyone else but 
it's pretty insane to think that Orson Welles was the Citizen Kane of his time. Yeah, Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, he was literally was Citizen, Citizen Kane, Kane too because yeah. he played the part. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, I definitely need to see this. It's crazy. I, it's crazy. I, the amazing part is like I I have learned more about what this movie's about now. Like, yeah, it now. Yeah, well, I, I didn't want to say too much. Well, I'm no, like, it's, you should it's, watch it so. because I know it's it's like it's a heralded film, and yeah. I know I need to see it. Yeah. Uh, but I just haven't. Yeah. I've also like deliberately remained in the dark about good. like the plot well, or, or kind of what this film's that's about. That's good because most people know at least the yeah. twist. Yeah, because uh, it's one of those typically uh, referred to for, things. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, it's being that I've seen so many movies, I'll probably figure it out. Oh yeah, because you know, it, you know, because retroactively, yeah. you know, you. But you know, but I mean, it's one of those things where, or you might even realize halfway through that like. Oh, I did hear about this. Oh, but that, that maybe like, also. But it was like you know, twenty years ago, yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. someone context, mentioned it, or out of you context, know, I don't remember. And you didn't yeah. retain the knowledge, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those commonly, you know, it's like the. Oh, I do know one thing. It's about like the crying story. game. You know, she's a man. Kind of. Yeah. It's it's those. It's it's one of those things that like people always cite as like, oh, it was this all, the, or or like uh, what was the one. Um, uh, sixth Sense, you know, like, oh, he was dead the entire time. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. one of those kinds of things, and and people often cite this one. Yeah, and then and then people, you know, it's just like, well, you know, you're not. It's kind of hard to. You can't really say like, oh, don't spoil it because it's a 75 year old movie. You know, yeah, exactly. kind of hard to, yeah. to complain about getting spoiled. So, uh, yeah, well, you'll have to you'll have to see it. Yeah, no, I. Um... It's great. It's great. It's sold. It's the Bloody Beatles white album. Everyone... Shut up. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do need to see this uh, film. Um, yep. That's, that's good. Uh, it's actually uh, interesting. I didn't uh, I didn't actually think about this film being on your list. Uh, I wasn't sure how much you liked this film. Uh, A lot. Actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's yeah. good. That, that's that's um, that's good. No, that's a, I mean, if you're going to pick a definitive film for the 40s. Yeah. Pick the definitive film that's been compared yeah. to every other film but, since but, the but, but I feel like at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to not pick it because yeah. well, you like it. And that's it's important, personal. Right? It's your personal how exactly. something makes you feel, and and that's why like I I feel like you know, don't pick it because it's this widely regarded like you know greatest movie of all time type of thing. Like that's not why I picked it. I picked it because that's my honest feeling about mm-hmm. it. That when I saw it, I was just blown right the hell away yeah and and it was like okay you know i get it um so if it's an honest opinion i think it's okay you know you don't have to be such a hipster yeah to yeah. be like oh well you know actually it should be this other one yeah. you know only only people people only like that because it's popular and people yeah. say that it's good but you know you should have your own opinion it's like i do have my own opinion i yeah. honestly it think, also happens i honestly be, think it is that good i agree with the masses in this case yeah. because it really is that good I already have the hipster choice on my list. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just because just because something is not necessarily well known doesn't yeah. mean it's necessarily hipster. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, uh, just go with your gut. Go with what you actually feel every time, and you can't mm-hmm. go wrong because nobody can tell you that you know your feeling about something is wrong. Like yeah. nobody can be like, well, they can't tell you that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, they well, obviously, but, but I mean, like, but what I mean is, is yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That has no validity. There's no validity for someone to say. Yeah, like, hard time with that word. You're wrong uh, about that because it's like, well, no. You, but by definition, it's just more I, that's feeling. how I feel about it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. You can't be wrong. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Which is also unless, by, unless by the same token, you're also free to change your mind about that later yeah, without being held. You know. Absolutely, I've had more than one favorite movie over the course oh, of my life. For sure, for sure. At times, I'll go uh, for a few years. It'll be like, oh, 
this is my favorite movie. Yeah. And then a few years later, I, I've this straight is my up had movies that I thought later, were great, oh, this is my favorite. And then movie. decades later, been like, yeah. like, I, or decades later, but sometime later, been like, gone back and rewatched the movie and been like, what did I think was so great about this? Like, it's not a bad film, but I actually recommended this to people. Oh, I have to apologize to people now. You know, it's... I have, I mean, I have had the same favorite movie for quite a while now. Yeah. Like, over 15 years, probably. Wow. Getting close to 20 years now, I've had the same favorite movie. But, um... Before that, you know, because I was younger. We will have to do a a favorites top five at some point. Sure. But uh, episode 100, I don't know. (laughs) Top 100. Something, something, or maybe after like our first full year or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Episode 52. (laughs) Um, All right. So my number one. Yeah. uh, My, the Citizen Kane of my list. Um, 1942. This is a movie. I'm sure you know what it is because it has not been on my list so far. Uh, you know my love of this film, Casablanca. Oh, okay. I friggin' love Casablanca. It's just you're you're always so stealthy about <laughs> not letting anything go when yeah. when I mentioned something yeah, yeah. earlier than yeah. you, and so I, I I keep looking for like a <laughs> something to break. Yeah, that indicates it. But yeah. you're always so like. Poker face about it, so okay. Uh, as Great. everybody brought up, the uh, Humphrey Bogart, Angry Bergman, yeah, uh, Paul and Reed, uh, possibly one of my favorite characters, played by Peter Lorre, uh, in this this film. Uh, I I have a this is one of the few mo- po- mo- movies where I had a for a long time I had a poster of this movie. Um, oh, and isn't um, uh, the police guy? Is, Isn't uh, that uh, Claude Rains? He's Claude Rains. I yes. love Claude Rains. Yep. Claude Rains is amazing. Yeah, um, he's in this, and Claude Rains he's got an amazing mustache. Claude Rains did a <laughs> oh, lot. There's of, actually a lot of amazing mustache in this. Claude movie. Rains did a lot of like uh, Universal stuff. Yes. Uh, earlier, mm-hmm. um, he did um, the Visible Man, the original Invisible Man, uh, thirty three, and uh, he did um, I think one of the. But anyways, Claude Rains. My point of bringing yeah. up is just Claude Rains is awesome. Yeah, Claude Rains yeah. is a great actor. Yeah. Um, uh, this, uh, by far, I've seen this film more than any other film on my list. I've seen this movie probably at least a dozen times. Wow. Uh, it's the only one on my list that I've actually owned. Right. Uh, I owned it back in the day of VHS. Nice. Um, and... I have it on DVD now. But... Yeah. I, I probably should have it. Um, it, it is, uh, it's, like, to me, it's like the epitome, like, when I think of, like, Somebody says classic film. Mm-hmm. This is the film that pops into my head. Like, oh, immediately, Casablanca. Like, massively quotable. Yeah. Uh, the characters are so good. It, interesting thing about this film is the actual story plot is very light. Like, it's not. It's not deep. It's not tricky. It's not confusing. It's not. It's very sensible, and because it's actually more all about how this small, thin plot affects all the characters and their interactions. And yeah. It's a very character-driven uh, movie. Yeah. Um, I sort of touched on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It. Like, uh, you know, again, can't say a ton about this film because either you've seen it and you know that it's great, yeah. or you haven't seen it yet, in which case you should see it, and then you will realize it. that it is great. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely it's one of those, like, all the, all the films on my list... Uh, here I, I like all of them, but this one's like a jump up to number one. Um, I 
Yeah. It's no. also something that I think it's, that... It was this... When I made this list, like, when we, mm-hmm. when we started this topic a couple of weeks ago when we first brought this, you know, we decided to do this. Yeah. I, it's sort I of wrote like, one to five. I wrote down Casablanca at one. Work, and then, and then worked I worked backwards. from, like, 15 yeah. other movies. Well, it was kind of a out. similar thing for yeah. me. I mean, I was pretty I guess, sure... Yeah. I was pretty Citizen sure Kane Citizen Kane was always going to be one. And then it was just a matter of filling out the rest. But, yeah. Yeah, no. So, yeah. So, that's my number one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, you want to do a, oh, sorry. No, I just wanted one sort of final statement about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, um, I just wanted to say, like, um, I think that especially films like that, Citizen Kane to a degree, um, mm. but Casablanca especially, I think, um, is one of those ones where I think a lot of people kind of who aren't necessarily super familiar with the film itself, but are familiar with it through pop culture and, and references well, very and quotations, so, yeah. I think that a lot of them sort of take it for sort of granted and they're just kind of like, oh yeah, Casablanca, that's that movie. And, and you know, they, 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 they do things like there's the whole famous, like, you know, the, the you know, play it again, Sam, Sam, which is one of those famous, like, like misquoted quote, things yeah. where they never actually say that you specifically. You don't you? Yeah. They, yeah. They never, like, actually say that specifically and things like that. Um, you, you know, it's like the whole like beam me, you know, beam me up, Scotty thing yeah, from yeah. from Star Trek, and Luke, you know, I am your father. The, these kinds of things, yeah, exactly. Those things where they're they're slight misquotations because they've just become the iconic thing. And I think that a lot of people, they just that's the picture of what Castlevania is that they have in their mind. And I, I just my, what I'm trying to say is just go go back and actually watch the film, mm-hmm. and and because it's it's a lot more than that. Like it's not just my, similarly to Citizen Kane, it's not just a great movie because people say it is. It's a great movie because of what it actually is, yeah. and it's it's important to not let these kinds of things just become uh, a historical curiosity yeah. of like, yeah, exactly. of like, oh yeah, that was that movie that people always say is great. It's like, no, 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 don't say it's that movie that people always say is great. Go watch the movie. Yeah, if you really like it, great. If you don't. You don't. It yeah. is what it is. Just, you know, but that's what matters. It's the film itself that matters, you know, so. That's the only thing I can Yeah. I no, 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 no. I was going to say, did you uh, just want to recap your top five? Oh, yeah. Uh, so five uh, is 1949, Mighty Joe Young. Uh, four was 1940, Fantasia. Uh, three was 1942, Casablanca. Two was 1943, Shadow of a Doubt. And one was 1941, um, Citizen Kane, and you can see there what I was talking about. How I had an issue with everything being very crunched early, into that the early, early part of the yeah. decade, and then uh, until finally I was just I mean, like most oh, of mine are too. Until finally I was just like, oh yeah, Major Young, yeah, definitely, yeah, I'll throw that on there. And that was like forty nine, so that was like right at the very end. But everything else was just like crunched into those first couple of years. <laughs> uh, so first my number years. my number five is the the road movies. Mm-hmm. Um. From forty to forty-seven. Yep, with um, um, Bing, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Yeah, George uh, uh, Moore. Um, His Girl Friday from nineteen forty. Yeah, Big Sleep from nineteen forty-six is my number three. Number two is The Man Who Came to Dinner from nineteen, yeah, forty-two. Forty-two. And Casablanca also from nineteen forty-two as my number one. Uh, as you can see, yeah, most of mine are from early forty-two. 40s. <laughs> yeah, The Big Sleep. Like 42, 42, 42, and yeah. forty-two. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good year. Uh, I got a few honorable mentions. Um, Fantasia and the Maltese Falcon, which already yep. came up. Yeah. Uh, uh, a recent edition. This one almost sneaked on the list, but I feel I kind of need to see it a few more times because 
is I literally just saw it last year for the very first time. It's a Wonderful Life. Right. Now, this is a bit of a there's a bit of a funny one for this because I love Christmas movies. Yeah. I love Christmas. And this is like this is one of those like the like everybody's seen this Christmas movie and somehow I've like it started off by accident that I had never seen it and then I just sort of turned it into a game of yeah. like I'm not going to seek it out. I'm only going to see if like how long can I go before like I just inadvertently see right. It's a Wonderful Life and it just happened. You know, um, I really like It's a Wonderful Life. It's good, but I just feel like uh, it's going to sound bad for me to say no, this, no, but no, it's, all right. it's I feel like it's overrated. Uh, which is not to say that it's not good. It's just I I, I don't I I you know what? Going for as long as I did without seeing it, I see what you exactly. It's what not you one mean. of those movies that I would watch and just be like, "Oh my god, that no, movie no, is so amazing." No, no, I it's, more, I totally it's more like a Oh yeah. Yeah. It's good. Now, it's good. Uh, I um, I mean, in addition to being a big Humphrey Bogart fan from the era, yeah. I'm also a huge uh, James Stewart fan. So am I. And and I that is where the 40s. I tried thing. so hard That's, to get a, a James Stewart movie yeah. on this list. Yeah. And the problem is most of the stuff that I really know and and I'm really into is 50s. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. of it's because yeah. he didn't start doing. I mean, other than make rope. I think, yeah. um, which I I have not seen. Yeah, you have. I, we watched. Oh, we here. watched Rope here. We watched right, that's here. right. That's right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's good, but it's not. It's, it's not that. It's not great. amazing. It's yeah, more yeah, good yeah. because of the the technical aspect of how they made it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. It, yeah it's right. mostly the fifties stuff that that Comfort. where you know that where you get into like the where I, the stuff that I really know like the stuff he did with Hitchcock and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, and then like like late 30s yeah um yep. like i honestly at one point um i we we i kind of talked about this with yeah. you but i didn't give away what i was actually talking about because i didn't oh, want right, to spoil right. anything but um for the longest time i thought i was gonna get on this list i was gonna have um mr smith goes to washington right uh, I lo- too early i love that film it's a great james Stewart movie um, and I, I was sure that it was like early forties. Turns out it's thirty nine, yeah. And so it's disqualified. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Um, so other than that, I looked for another James Stewart movie from the forties that would fit the bill for this list, and oh. I just couldn't find one. I just the, the only other ones that I felt were were possible um, candidates. Um, I felt like it would they were gonna. It was going to be too much of like concentrated into one. Yeah. Like it was already bad enough that I was doing like you know all these movies from the early forties. I didn't want to double up like have another movie of the same year. Yeah, um, which is not to say that there's anything wrong with doing that. You did it because yeah. you have like, a couple, couple of forty two, couple forty twos. But those are your honest things. But I was really trying to avoid that. Yeah, and it was just really hard because um, he missed you know the entire sort of middle half of the decade from being uh, over at World War Two, and. Um, so the pickings are slim yeah. for for um, the forties with him, and uh, it's a wonderful life was definitely a possibility. But like I say, I just feel like it's good, but yeah. it's not top well, five yeah. good. Yeah, like I enjoyed it, and it's it's definitely I liked it a lot more than a number of other movies I've seen from the forties. Um, but yeah, I, I I need to see it more before I would give it any real kind of uh, craziness. Um, the another both Jim Stewart movie and Christmas movie. 
um, from 1940, the shop around the corner. Yeah, well, it, yeah. that's that's one of the ones that I was thinking yeah. was a possibility. Yeah, and I was just like, I, I like it. But I, was, no I was like, I don't want to do another 1940. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh. uh, I was like, next time, next time, next time, next yeah. time Jimmy. There'll definitely be some Jimmy Stewart in the 50s. Oh, yeah. So I'll just, I'm going to leave it for that. But yes, I, I for those who, who are, are wondering, I am also a big Jimmy Stewart fan, and I would have loved to have done. You know, on a 30s list, he would have been there, and on the 50s list, he'll be there. But for the 40s list, unfortunately, I just couldn't make it work. Yeah. Uh, my last one we'll mention is uh, a bit of a dumb movie, but I... <laughs> Uh, I saw this when I was a kid. a good way to preface. Yeah, it is a bit of a dumb movie. And it is also another one that I watched recently because it's a movie I watched as a kid. Have you, seen, have you ever seen Pot of Gold? No, I have not seen Pot of Gold. That's another Jimmy Stewart movie that's yeah. from that same kind of era. Oh, it's like Shop Around the Corner, it. but it's not like as good. Oh, wow. But, I mean, you could still check yeah. it out. It's, it's, um, good. it's good. This is a movie I saw when I was a kid. Uh, and I saw it later, and I remember really liking it. I remember thinking it was really funny. Uh, it's a Danny Kaye movie from 1949 called The Inspector General. Um, Rings a vague. Bell. He 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 plays a uh, like a basically like a kind of like a uh, uh, like he's a uh, an underling to like this like traveling like like shyster salesman, um, and he ends up in this town, and the town is expecting this. The Inspector Ge- Napoleon's Inspector General, the Emperor's Inspector General, and this super corrupt little town, and uh, uh, they're all like, "We got to clean up our town. We got to clean up our town, and, and like pretend that we're not corrupt for when he arrives." And he, he, he could be like, they think he's going to be in disguise, so like, because he, he's going to try and root out the corruption. And so, the first person to show up in town after this happens is. Danny Kaye is this, like, basically, he looks like a hobo at this point. And so they think he's the Inspector General, so he has to pretend. Uh, and this is a movie that I, I I just also recently rewatched this week to remember, like, how funny did I find this? I remember this movie being way funnier than it was. It was amusing, kind of dumb, like, like a lot of, like, kind of dumb, like, goofy humor. Not nearly as funny as I remember, like... It was all. It was on to be on the list. I'm like, oh yeah, that was super funny. I'm gonna put that on. The list. Yeah, and it fell right off the list after watching. Fair enough. <laughs> but um, right. at least you gave it a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, also in color too, which was uh, interesting. Yeah, because uh, not a lot. I mean, other than I think uh, Road to Rio is also in color. Um, cool. And none of the other ones are in color. Is and it? I did have a movie I really wanted to put on my list. Turned out it was from 1937. It way too early. Uh, it was Double or Nothing. Uh, which is a Bing Crosby movie, um, cool. Which uh, I I really enjoy, and I thought it was I thought it was forty seven, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I was out by a decade, so never mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, It's 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 a weird thing because um, like we we didn't do thirties uh, era. Uh, I would be real. I'd have like two movies. But, it would be terrible. But, no, I know it's fine, <laughs> and, and that's why I I wasn't even expecting to do forties. Honestly, yeah, I thought yeah. we were going to have to start with 50s. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's funny about that is that in an imaginary concept of what, a 30s list, yeah. I would actually have more films on my 30s list that were color full-color films oh, than I, than I do yeah, on yeah, the yeah. 40s list. Wow. Because like, <laughs> I, I I, it's just weird. Like, it's just How a lot of great that? films... Uh, from the 40s just were not made color for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I'm probably, my guess is... Other than budget, obviously. Uh, well, that's exactly it. And but, it, it, with the war and stuff, 
Yeah. Expense. Oh, it's just, just interesting. I mean, there, it, are, there are full-color films in the 40s, mm-hmm. but just... They just seem to be I wonder a lot if also fewer. maybe there was still a maybe like a little bit of a pushback against that. Like you yeah, know, like I don't know. it's just interesting. Yeah. But yeah. So uh that's our uh top five movies of the nineteen forties. Um we'll do another one of these uh, in ten episodes and uh for the fifties. Yeah. That one is going to be excruciatingly hard for me, I'm sure for you as well. Well, um, yes and no. I mean, it's it's hard in the sense of oh, there's so much more to pick. From. If you want to have a strict five, four, three, two, one yeah. type of thing, yeah, it's going to be nigh impossible. There's probably going to be some doubling up and yeah. stuff like that for some of those. But uh, in the other aspect of it, it won't be hard in the sense of just doing it because I'm going to really enjoy it because yeah, yeah. I, I'm yes. I'm much more. I'm much more of a '50s guy than a '40s guy. Although, Uh like, I like all these '40s movies that we've talked about. I like every one of them, including the ones that you talked about uh, that weren't on my list, other than the ones I haven't seen yet. But even then, the ones I haven't seen that you mentioned, I'm like, sounds good. So, I mean, well, I think another thing with the the '50s too. I totally support all uh, of our choices here that we talked about today. Our parents are of a slightly definitely more of a. Our parents are of a slightly different age. Like your parents are a little older than mine. Yeah, but they're still sort of in the same generational ballpark. Yeah, where. Um, the kind of movies when we the were younger ballpark. that they generational ballpark by yeah. Michael Crichton. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's totally a Michael Crichton. Yeah, book. it's very te- uh, very technical. Yeah, <laughs> super technical. Look. Um, the kind of movies, uh, old and black and like black and white old, old movies, we would have been shown probably by them as we were growing up yeah. more fifties movies. Yeah, uh, because those are the movies they would have been more familiar with. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's it's just one of those like it should be because of our age and because of our well, parents' in age. In a general sense, uh, talking about the era in a general yeah. sense, that's true. Yeah. Oddly enough, most of the things that I have in mind to pick for the fifties are things that I've you had to discovered see, yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, in too, later life, too. like long term. But, but yes, but the introduction to absolutely. older films, I, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. In a general sense, um, you know, the the fifties were probably bigger because. Of our parents, yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially for me, because like you say, mine, mine are a little bit older. And, yeah, and the fifties was like, yeah, like my parents were born in the fifties. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. So um, the the fifties were like prime childhood time for my parents because yeah. they're like late forties kids. So, but yeah, um, next week we are going to just have a uh, one of our normal movie uh, talks. Yeah, uh, about a film. Uh, is it? Is it normal? It's one of our... Well, I don't know. could be... Is it maybe a little bit abnormal? It, it, um, I believe it's going to be about a more recent film yeah. than we usually might, talk might, about. Might it, might it be? Might, it might be. Yes, it might be. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little abnormal. Yeah, it's a bit abnormal that we're going to talk about a, a film that is... I mean, it probably will still be in theaters at the time of, yeah. of There's uh, your, there's of your teaser. There's your teaser. That's all you're getting. It's a film that is in the theaters. That's all you're getting. Um, if you heard us talk at all before in any previous episode you can probably guess what it is <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right but yeah so uh again uh well, i'd like to thank everyone who tunes in and listens every week uh or or when you can mm-hmm. uh, i'd like to thank everyone who follows us on facebook and follows us on the soundcloud and uh who who comments and uh and, and likes uh our our work mm-hmm. uh you know we we you know we we would have these discussions, maybe not to this degree, but we talk about films, you know, regardless. Yeah. Uh, but uh, having this, uh, you know, a, a little more like formalized way of doing this uh, is very enjoyable for us to do uh, to record this podcast, and we're glad that people are liking it. 
Um, I, I don't know. I, any other closing notes? Anything? Uh, no, like other than just that, uh, it's going to be a long. It's going to be a long. Uh, next ten episodes are going to be long. To, Not to, like nine to, episodes to get to this. Next we we, list we have another top five in between now and then. Yeah, which I'm 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 excited about that as well. But, I'm I'm starting to get excited about. that. But I'm really excited about the fifties one, and I realize we got to wait for it. Yeah. Uh, you know those those are our rules. Well, we're yeah. going to stick to our rules. Yeah. Uh, until we decide to change them again, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm really excited about that because mostly just because I want to talk about the things that are going to be on that list. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited about the next one as well. Um, if we haven't mentioned it yet, um, the next one is going to be um, top five underrated. Underrated films, uh, yeah. Films. So that could be anything from uh, the stuff that we really like that uh, not a lot of people like. Or things that maybe... Uh, My number one, The Man Who Came to Dinner. No. Things, uh. <laughs> things that maybe failed in the box office that we feel are actually good and, and mm-hmm. you know didn't get as much um, yeah. uh, merit as, as what they deserve. Um, you know, or... Films that not necessarily... I think we're both... Like, of, either, like not necessarily underperformed, but films that uh, kind of are not uh, uh, necessarily, like, they weren't... Big films, yeah, didn't get, either like didn't culturally get, didn't or get, financially, didn't get or, as much yeah. attention as what they deserve for yeah. how good they are. Basically, yeah. um, I think we're on the same page on the fact that we're trying to avoid very obvious like cult films, cult hits, yeah. Because a lot of them, most of those are also very well known. Yeah, a lot yeah. of them are actually well known now because that's what makes them cult yeah. Yeah. cult hits. Uh, also, and I also think... a lot of them, even the ones that maybe weren't successful when they first came out, which is part of why they're they're a cult film. Uh-huh. A lot of them became successful over time yeah. as they caught on. Uh, I, and as, I think that is one film. of the things, that's one of the interesting so, things, the, the, the rise of the, the internet. Yeah. To, to the, the I mean, we could do top five cult films oh, as its own yeah. list. Yeah, for sure. But for I sure. think for underrated, it's good yeah. to avoid those because yeah. cult films aren't really underrated. Yeah. They may be underrated in the sense that the average man in the street might not know them, yeah. but amongst film people... Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows them. They're very obvious. Uh, so and that is the interesting thing with I think we the, want to the, avoid the rise those. of the the super information highway. Uh, yeah, is uh, nothing secret now. Well, the status of cult film, it's like cult film is now a genre in yeah. a way, almost more. It than, always was. I mean, but but beyond, like, well, I shouldn't say always, but, but beyond, like you know, like to, you lifetime. had to seek out cult films. Now, yeah. now, like a movie can like make a bunch of money mm-hmm. in the box office, be well-known by everybody, and people will say, oh, that's a cult film. And you're like, but, but, yeah, but... Well, when before, like, cult film criteria was right. much more stringent. Yeah, I don't really but agree it's, with it's that, so, but yeah. But, I mean, it's just... It's so much easier just to... Because reporting on cult films is a big thing now. It's so much yeah. easier to know about a cult film yeah, yeah. Uh, versus having to seek it Which out. Which is great right. in some ways, because it means... Well, it's lots of treasures that would otherwise be lost. Yeah, and know? it means you can discover things like older cult films... Well, it's never been easier to discover films. ...that you may not have ever heard of, you know. ever, yeah. uh, because they didn't happen to show up in your local video store. Exactly, yeah. Uh, now you can find out about them because mm-hmm. there's a whole community online... Yeah. Where, you know, that's well, all about well, it's, it's that two side thing. Like, it has never been easier to find out about, like, little known, like, films like that now. But it's also never been easier to miss almost any kind of film because of the giant wash of information. Like, a, a big film I never, just, I've just never heard of because you heard about 200 thousand films that came out in a year yeah. it just just got washed away with all the other films you know right. you just miss it yeah um it happens yeah 
uh, just buried under the pile of, of, of films that come out every year that you, you can find out about. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, so that's it for this week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Right. I'm Chris. This is Emmett. Cheers. Bye-bye.